106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Short week this week. Thanksgiving this Thursday. So get ready for all your wacky Thanksgiving stories. Oh my God. Turkey costs how much a pound compared to what it did in 1955? Oh my God. The Adam Sandler song. 9,000 times in a row. Yeah, get ready. It's all happening this week. Do you have any tips on stuffing? How I to do. keep it moist? I nice. do. You nice. buy stovetop is what you do. That's exactly <laughs> what you do. I actually bought one lowly box of stovetop this weekend because I, I because no matter what, I have to have some stuffing this week. I no matter where I end up with uh, you know with Thanksgiving dinner and the like. But I did a little uh, grocery shopping for long haul against hunger, right? Which we will be doing uh, December the second up at the Giant Eagle on the Strip. There, we'll be out there starting at six a.m. all the way to seven p.m. There. And so I started buying some things for that. I wanted to get out ahead of it. So I bought a bunch of different kinds of cereal. And uh, so, I, but I was like, all right, well, I'm in the store. I might as well do some grocery shopping for me while I'm here. And uh, that was dumb yesterday morning. <laughs> like, dude, this week, I, like, it started yesterday at the grocery store. Dude, that place was a madhouse there yesterday. And, uh, and so, but uh, like, I, you know, you're up and down the aisle and I saw the stuffing in the boxes and I was like, yeah, I got to have it. Got to have it. Yeah, well, I mean, stuffing's on sale right now, so obviously it's a good time yeah, to cheap. buy stovetop. But, uh, dude, the stovetop really is one of those things that I don't understand why I don't eat that all year round. Because like, it's delicious and super easy to make. I understand why I don't eat pumpkin pie year round. Yes. I, don't, I understand why I don't yes. make green bean casserole year round. Ugh. I understand why, like, I, but that's I, gross. Well, I mean, you know, regardless of, 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 of where but I. Certain foods right. are for the holiday, but stuffing could be good all the time. All the time. Yeah. I don't know why I just don't make stovetop on a regular basis. That's <laughs> my 2017 New Year's resolution. Actually. Eat more stovetop. Figure that one out early. Okay, nice. Yeah. I dude, I like what I like about you, Fantone, reaching <laughs> as far as you can. You know what I mean? The goal, the goal setting. Yeah. High yeah. standard there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but you know, I, I did take care of some of that. I got to. Uh, I, I got invited more places. Of course. Dude, I got to get a wife. I dude, I got to get a wife. I don't want one. I don't want one at all. But until you have one of these things, people just feel like like that you're pathetic. <laughs> Like somebody asked me, like, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? I was like, ah, you know, I'm probably going to go to my friends, you know, and they're like, well, you know, you can come here if you want and you can do this and you can do that. And you're like, we just don't want to see you alone for Thanksgiving. It's like, I'm probably going to be okay. You should start lying. You should, you should just. It doesn't matter. People don't believe you. Like, oh, I already have plans. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have, I'm going to be very thankful. I'm going to have lots of food and everyone will be like, okay, well then have a good time, Stansberry. But no, I think, I think you just need to start lying about things. Well, I did actually text a friend over there, uh, like yesterday and I said, Hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? She never got back to me. So like, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe I've been disinvited. Possibility. Maybe I've been disappointed. How was your weekend, buddy? Uh, was- weekend was good. I feel I feel rejuvenated. I feel like that was kind that of right? a. Uh, I feel like it was a needed weekend. I had been busy for the past couple of like months. I feel like, and at that point, this was the first weekend I had to do nothing, and I took full advantage of it. There was a lot of like, all right, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'll just take a nap then. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, oh, why am I even going to shower? Who cares if it's Saturday? It doesn't matter. <laughs> my gr- my girlfriend's going to have sex with me anyway. So it was just like it was one of those weekends where honestly, I uh, I kind of caught up on like doing nothing. I um I had a great weekend. Friday I started uh you know with a nice round of golf. It was beautiful out Friday yeah, afternoon. It was. Now I didn't play great. I actually I played poorly, and, and I don't even care because the weather was so nice. I I just didn't care. It was a bonus round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Regardless how poor you play it, I mean it's not supposed to be that warm in November. So and then Friday night I went out and uh, well I was actually at Busman. I was pre gaming for that Donald Trump protest. How nice is that new Busman, dude? Oh my god, it came out great. Yeah, me and my girlfriend went there on Friday too. I it's think a completely it was a li- different bar. I think it was a little before you got there, but it was it's 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 right next to where Busman initially was, and it dude it's 
awesome. It yeah. really is. It came out really, really great. And so I was talking to the bartender there a little bit, and then before you know it, Mike actually walks in, the guy who owns the bar. Right. And so he sat down. We started talking about it a little bit. He started sending, by the way, he sent me a ton of cool new bands to be listening to for New Tour Tuesday. He's Very like, dude, cool. he's like, I think there's some music that you might like. Check some of the stuff out. So that was really cool, you know. But he sat down. I told him, I was like, dude, this bar came out fantastic. Looks way different, way better now. Uh, much more room. More room. Um, what do I want to say? Feels a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. Digestible. It's not so like dark. There's a little bit more like light to it. It's still super funky. Like it right. needs to be. It's still super artsy. But you're not like. Ew, I don't want to set my arms down in here. And like the way it's set up makes <laughs> yeah. more sense. You can like. Yeah. There's parts where you can kind of go sit. There's parts where you can kind of watch the stage. Sit at the bar and watch the stage right. now, which is vital because right. before you were like around the corner. So yeah, that bar came out great. But we. Were, uh, so my friend and I were hanging out, and she said, "Well, you want to swing by this, you know, anti-Trump rally, right?" right. And I said, "Yeah, absolutely, right. I do." So we went and had you know a couple of drinks with Mike, and then we walked over there. And I don't know if people were you know congregating early, but by the time we got there at like ten after eight, there was nobody there, not a sign, not a person, nothing. Now I heard Cleveland got some you know people, and Akron got some people for theirs, but it's it seemed like. I don't know. Ours must have fizzled pretty fast. I saw a picture of like 20 people. Maybe, Is that right? A couple dozen people, maybe. And I saw it uh, Saturday morning. I can't remember. So I don't know what time the picture was taken. But. Yeah, yeah, that must have been before I got there. Or maybe after. After. I, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe it got started late, but I, I never saw anybody. I am going to make the assumption here. That political protest, probably not the most, our political protesters, probably not the most on-time people, probably not the most reliable people. Really? Yeah, I'm going to make that assumption. Oh, I would assume it, I mean, the whole thing's about organizing. Well, we've got to get organized, not, dude, we're organized, we've got this all taken care of. Oh, I see, I would figure if it's like this passion project that you'd be out there earlier rather than later. Like, you'd get there early, you couldn't wait to do it. Um, yeah. That would be my assumption. I I, I would see a lot of energy for it, but I think there's a lot of like, what do I want to say? People, they got to work till whenever their boss lets them out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, probably, it's probably one of those situations where you have to finish rolling your silverware before you're allowed to go to the political protest. Trump obviously going to be a big part of uh, the program today, given everything that happened over the weekend. We'll get into that whole theater thing and SNL, all that at 7 o'clock. We'll do that. Uh, a lot of stuff happening in the Donald's world uh, over the last few days. And then, uh, yeah, so the rest of the weekend, man, I was just... Kind of just, uh, well, dealing with the freezing cold, dealing with all the snow pictures online. Right. And, uh, like, look, I know. I bitch about everything. <laughs> but Saturday morning, I was just sitting there reading Twitter and Facebook messages and, I, you know, and, and posts and stuff. And I was like, guys, I was alive yesterday and I'm alive today. I am very it's amazing. I'm aware that it was 70 yesterday in freezing cold today. And, you know, people were like, Ohio, Ohio. It's like, dude, it's the like, well, today it's the 21st of November. Do you not think it was going to get cold and we were going to see snow by this late in November? I mean, of course. I mean, what? I I just I don't understand that. Like, oh, my God, Ohio, make up your mind. No, it's winter. Now, I, I can certainly understand why people were like, oh, my God, can't believe it, because it did drop like 40 degrees within like 36 hours. So kind of amazing. And if you got like a considerable amount of snow, if you went from 70 to like four inches, maybe that's worth taking a picture of and saying, like, dude, check this out. But people who are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I got a half an inch on my car. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily impressive. Right. We all dealt with that. We all saw that. You don't have to put that out there on Facebook like, oh, my gosh, can you believe this? Yes, of course, I can believe this i live here too we've all look at i'm standing outside 
So Saturday night, though, I was I was driving. I was out on 30, and I was driving out to Orville. Right. And, dude, it was so – I don't think it was snowing that hard, but it was so windy that it looked like it was snowing really hard. Dude, I could barely see on the freeway. How was Saturday night out in Orville? So, yeah, Thunderstruck played. Dude, they had like – my guess is close to 300 people out there for that. It was awesome. They were really good, actually. Did you meet the future Mrs. Stansberry? No. No. No, but I uh, I mean, I did meet a bunch of people, a lot of people who listened to the program. Nice. So that was really cool. Um, I did, You know what? I did meet a girl who was hell-bent on harassing me. Okay. Like, it, <laughs> I wasn't even going to tell this story, but I did meet a girl who was hell-bent on harassing me. She was there with her boyfriend, who listens. And... I don't know. I was standing at the bar and she came walking up to me and she was like, are you Dan Stansberry? And I said, yeah. She goes, well, I've never heard of you, but my friend thinks you're like the coolest thing in the world. And so I said to her, I was like, okay, well, I've never heard of you either. So like the, we're even, <laughs> we're even, right? And it was one of those people who had, she's never heard of, you know, a second of the show, never heard of me, never heard of you, never heard of, right? Has no experience, but you could just tell it was kind of guarded, like, I think you suck because all my friends think you're cool. Yeah. It was like one of those. Yeah. Where she just wanted you to be like annoying and didn't didn't want to like you from the beginning. Whenever people feel like they're outside of the group and like everybody else is like, dude, that stands right. Who stands right? What are I we got, even talking about? I gotta about? take it down a peg. I gotta right. take it down a peg. Right. It was one of those. And she's a uh well, she's a little feisty. And here's the thing. I wasn't gonna tell this story because I know you're gonna make fun of this girl's name. <laughs> okay. And she ended up being a really, really nice girl. Like we ended up being friends by the end of the night. She's cool. Like I said, her boyfriend listens. He's really cool. His brother is actually a longtime listener of the program. Her name, and I swear to God, dude, this is her god, this is her parents <laughs> gave her this name. I thought she was making it up. Everybody was like, nope, dude, this is real. Her name, oh my God. What is it? Her name is Cricket. <laughs> See, dude, don't do that. Because she's nice, and the boyfriend's nice, and I don't want like half of like Wayne County to hate us now. On her birth certificate, her name is Cricket? Dude, I asked. I, I And I said, I even suggested to her, I was like, you should take your birth certificate around with you. Yeah. You know what she said to me? This is, and again, we're back to the I want to harass Stansberry thing. I said to her, I was like, kids just had to be brutal with your name, right? I was like, that just had to be brutal. And she said to me, she goes, no, it's only old Fs like you that think the name's strange. <laughs> she's like, all the people my age, she's like, everybody thinks it's normal. And I said, or they just waited you to walk out of the classroom before they started making fun of you about it. Nobody can say that that's a normal name. Now so listen, name your kid whatever the hell you want to name your kid. I like the idea, but you can't pretend like, oh yeah, Cricket is a normal name. So I said to her, I was like, I date down normally. Most of the women I date are normally younger than I am. I said, I have never in all of my years of running around with people who are 10, 12, 13 years younger than me have ever heard of somebody named Cricket. Like, I, I was like, don't, uh, that's what I said. I was like, don't try to make me feel like I'm the outlier because I've never heard this. I thought that was really weird. It is weird. She ended up being a cool chick, though. But not in the beginning. In the beginning, like, she it was just one of those girls, just short, about Four uh, nine, just uh, pissy, mad, uh, looking for an argument. Yeah, short chicks and all that attitude. All it's like, that just <laughs> relax. All that anger. Just right? relax. I'm sorry your parents named you Cricket. Right. I asked her. I was like, "Is that why you're so mad?" 
Like, is that why you're scrappy? I did, did her siblings have like weird names too? Were they those kind of parents? You know what? I didn't even ask. I, I, she might be an only child. I don't know. I didn't even ask. I just thought it was. I was like, that's unique. And I even said to her boyfriend, I was like, dude, what's that like when you're telling people about your girlfriend? And you're like, you know what I mean? And because if if my buddy said to me, yeah, man, you know, I just met this new girl. We started dating. Her name's Cricket. I'd be like. Like, is that like a pet name? Like, is that what you call her instead of like babe or like honey? Is that is it like one of those? No, that's her real name. Like, unless you're from like, I feel like deep the Woods. Amazon. I'm saying like deep woods, Appalachian, like West Virginia. You know what I mean? Then maybe you got a kid named Cricket. Well, Wayne but, County. I mean, well, <laughs> I'd be right? Wayne County. All right, dude, I'm having some issues with okay. some stuff here, and I don't think it's the radio station, but I am having digital issues, and okay. I feel like there's there may be something I don't know that maybe you know, and I have to ask Fantone for help with the <laughs> internet. So we'll do that next on the Stansberry. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com, where I just watched a video of, man, this is scary. If you're a parent, this would have to be scary. So a woman uh, had like put her baby on a changing table. And like turned around to, I guess, grab the diapers or whatever. And the kid does like a half turn and falls off the changing table. And luckily, her nine-year-old was standing right there and runs at it, puts his arms out, grabs the baby before it hits the floor, making a great grab. Very, well, little Frankie Lindor there. Right there. (laughs) Golden Glove winner. Just making a nice snag right there. I mean, very lucky. Obviously, very lucky in this situation. I'm sure, you know, throughout history, plenty of kids have fallen off the changing room table and have, have been okay. You know, I'm not going to say this, but it could go bad. Oh, of course. That's yeah. what I was going to say. It's like, I'm not going to say this was like a worst case scenario. It's not like dropping your kid into a zoo exhibit, but it is like, dude, dude, your kid definitely could have gotten seriously injured right there. For sure. It could have been 30 eating paste on your couch had, had the kid not made that grab. Terrible. Terrible. That could have ended with paramedics, all kind of stuff. It just goes to show you, man. I mean, that mom turned her head for a second, like a literal like second or right. two. And in that second or two, the kid just like throws himself off the table. I remember my brother, my niece is now like 11 years old. But like when she was first, when she was first born, my brother had told me like once she hit like two, once they're mobile, he was like, dude, it, it, the whole world changes. He's like, at first they're great. He's like, you just prop them up and, you know, <laughs> you sit them Aww. somewhere and they can't go anywhere. He's like, legitimately, you could leave the house for two hours, come back, and they're in the same spot because they can't move. <laughs> he's like, but once they're mobile, man, he's like, dude, your head's on a swivel. He's like, it went back to his like high school football days where it was like the coach, head on a swivel. <laughs> where is it? Move up. Eyes downfield. Like, he was like, dude, it's a mess, you know, trying to keep track of that. So I need some help. Okay. 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 I have a weird thing that's happening, and I'm not sure what's going on. And this is all surrounding my Facebook account. When I signed up for my Facebook account, which was like 2007, like or 2008, forever ago, I started it with an email address I no longer use. Okay, okay, and I've always just kept that as the email address to you know for the login credentials. I've got like an old email like email address like that, and I use it for a lot of things that I know are going to spam me out. Right, like, I know if I'm like, dude, well, this is just going to end up into a bunch of emails I never want to open. I'll use that old ass email address. So then I tried like a few months ago to update the account info with the current Gmail. email. Email that I use, but okay. I had already set up another like uh, when I was out in Oregon, like another Facebook account for my bar and all that through that. So that became like a hassle. So I was like, nope, not doing it. Whatever. So I just kept it with the old ass email address. So I came in this morning to try to log into Facebook the way I do every morning when I get here, 
and tried to like pass out these links that we have up at the website, and it won't let me in. Won't let you into the Facebook. No. Okay. And so when I try to log in, it tells me that that email address is not linked to any account that they have on file. Did you try your other email address? So like I tried your, okay. that, and the problem is, is I'm in now on that, but the only thing I have access to, because it's a new like Facebook profile, it's like a new Facebook. Like, so my personal's not there, only the shows page, which is fine. I can post things out there, but I can't get into my personal stuff now. So I don't know if somebody's in my things, or if I need to start from scratch, or if I need to call Facebook, or what needs to happen. Or Good luck with that, dude. Facebook <laughs> or, does not care. No, they People don't. People are like, you know what? I'm going to call Facebook. I'll give them a piece of my mind. Facebook does not care. They're not going to help you out at all, they're, ever. They're never going to. There's a little bit of me that's like, you know what? Maybe this is freedom, and maybe I'll just be done with Facebook on a personal level. But the weird thing is, is like I, I can open the app, and I'm into my personal things. So obviously... Your app's still logged in. Yes, my app is logged in. But obviously, if I log out of the app, then I'm not going to be able to get back in. Yeah, it. don't log out of your app. See if you can change your password from the app or see if you can see like where, uh, what do I want to say? What, what the login information is. Right. See if you can, if there's probably like in the settings or something like that. Just investigate a little further. There's probably like a, uh, a email field or something like that, and you can check that. And, 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 and But don't log out of that app because that's your last lifeline in. Facebook don't care if you can't get back in there. Make a new one. It's gonna be fine. I, I, I here's the thing, man. I felt 250 years old when I was like, I can't figure this out. I don't know what to do. Somebody help me. I'm I'm looking at your personal Facebook right now. There's no like activity or anything like that. There's no hey, buy sunglasses for me. No, no. There's no. There's no like hey, you <laughs> I know, hate that g- generic purses or anything like that. This is. It seems like everything. Okay. You, so I don't think you've gotten hacked or anything like that. Um, okay. I would go. I would go through the. Uh, I would go through. I'm the, gonna try to figure this there. out. I would go through the app there. I'm gonna or try to honestly, this might be God's way of giving you that lifeline out. Don't try to figure it out, dude. You're right. Maybe this is the opportunity. You still have access to the show's Facebook page. You still have access to the radio station's Facebook page. No, I don't. You don't have. That's what I'm saying. Although I could be. You could make me an admin yeah, through this I was if I say, need I could, to. I could push that through. Although I really, I don't need. I don't need the radio station's Facebook yeah, page. Facebook, Facebook. Dude, we're probably going to get in trouble for talking about the radio station's Facebook page. So we should probably <laughs> move on quickly here. Okay, well, actually, I do want to move on. I do want to talk to you about this. Okay. We're going to talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com at uh, eight o'clock this morning. As we do every Monday at 8. But, dude, I'm with you now, Fantone. I'm with you now. I, I, I think there may be... I think people may be wrong about how safe Hugh Jackson's job is. That game yesterday was a mess. It was a mess. They just don't look coached up. They just don't. And I got to be honest with you. Terrell Pryor came out and like basically called out the offensive line for getting like Cody Kessler killed. Now, he's not wrong. He's right. Those guys need to block better. They need to do their jobs better. But when you go 0-11 and you got guys pointing fingers in the locker room, it's bad, right? Like, it's bad. At that point, now, everybody's just going to be like, screw you. You're calling us out, and now it's like, we're losing, and it's your fault. I think that's going to be bad. You can only lose so many times and before blame starts getting like thrown around. Right. And nobody in there seems to want to take the responsibility in the sense of like, well, Hugh Jackson, his job's safe. Who cares if they go 0-16? Those dudes in the locker room care if they go 0-16. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. Is, well, we can't blame the coach. Coach doesn't have enough players. Can't blame the players. They're too young. Can't blame anyone. And it's like, dude, you've got a lot of leftover blame to uh, throw around that locker room. And it's obviously going to turn itself ugly. 
you know, somebody said to me yesterday, they're like, you know, you're one of these guys that's guilty of talking about how, you know, they're building a foundation. They're building a foundation. And this guy said to me, he's like, you're insane, Stansberry. He was like, none of these guys are going to be here. He's like, what foundation is being built? None of these guys are going to be here. Wow. You know, I never thought about it like that. It's tough, man. Tough. I I mean, I I think what? One other team's gone on 116? One? Although, thanks to Fantone, Steelers in the under, buddy. Oh, dude, easy money. <laughs> easy money. Your boy did all right. Somebody said to me Saturday night, I ran into a friend of mine. He said, you're taking the Steelers in the under? Are you insane? And I was like, dude, easy the, money. The, dude, the over-under is 48. It's like, Cleveland's not going to score 10. And at that point, dude, that means Pittsburgh needs to score 38 points, 39, essentially. I was like, they're going to run the ball too much to do that. It's like the Steelers and the Unders totally the bet. Took it, made money. I like it. All right. So the shopping. I, I I talked about this to open the program. I was at the grocery store yesterday. It is a madhouse. So the do just be careful out there when <laughs> when you're shopping for this for you know for this holiday Christmas. You won't believe what a woman did over a shopping cart. We'll get into that next on the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9 WRQK is conducting a test of the emergency alert system. This is only a test and should last seven seconds. Rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Evan Stone has been doing adult movies like forever. The guy's 52, still does them. Okay. 52 years old, still making porn like all the time. A little and grandpa dong, okay. He's been, he's, been the, he's been the guy tapped to play the Donald in oh. all of like the, uh, the, the Donald porn parody type stuff. And uh, we have a little video of him discussing that and a little uh, trailer for for that movie up for WRQK.com. We're going to get into the Donald again at like 7 o'clock. He had a pretty up and down weekend, but 52 years old, still viable as like a bookable porn star every day. Once dudes get in, it seems like they're in for a while. Well, I, like, we, we've talked about this a couple of times in the program. I, I, I think it's that... Beautiful women turn 18 every day. Right. You know what I mean? Not a lot of dudes walking around with 13-inch penises. There it's just it's just it's just not that common. You know? Apparently that's what Evan has there. So check that out. WRQK.com. So I was in the grocery store yesterday. And I went early. I went before the Browns game. I was just trying to, you know, get some. Uh, well, I wanted to buy some stuff for Long Haul Against Hunger, which right. we're doing on the second. Uh, and we will be at the Giant Eagle up there on the strip for uh, starting at 6 a.m. Broadcast live all day, taking donations and the like. And so I wanted to buy some stuff for that. So, you know, I got a bunch of cereal and a couple other things uh, for that. So I was like, ah, well, while I'm here, I might as well do some shopping for me. And that place was a madhouse yesterday. And I realized, I'm like, oh, my God, it's the week before Thanksgiving. 
everybody's trying to get all their shopping done before like all the family comes into town and all that stuff. Yeah, especially the weekend before Thanksgiving. Right. I bet if you go today, probably be okay. Probably. Oh, be you think? Right. I think the closer you get, the worse it'll be. Well, I mean, as you get towards like Wednesday, it's going to be bad. But right now, most people are still at work. You know what I'm saying? Ah. If you go today after work, probably pretty bad. If you go at 7 o'clock tonight, probably pretty bad. But if you go at 11.30 today after we get out of work, I think you'd be okay. Okay. I yeah. think you'd be okay. Maybe. So, and which I, I hope you're right, because I forgot a few things and I probably have to run back um but it's just you can just tell it's coming like i like i heard a guy in giant eagle the other day uh and he was like talking to somebody and you know he said okay well you know we'll see you when you get here wednesday and i gotta admit and made me go you know what i wish my family was a little closer i wish my family was a little closer that'd be kind of cool did you get punched in the feelings there Sansbury? a little bit a little, a little bit, little bit was like damn emotion coming out damn there. it okay maybe my system is broken <laughs> Right. But then I just but then I turn the corner and then there's people like arguing over turkeys and get out of my way and I need to do this. And it made me realize, like, dude, this shopping this season, as much as it's all about, thank, you know, being thankful and then Christmas right around the corner, you know, and celebrating that. And, and be, it's people lose their minds and you end up doing things that normally I don't think you'd be capable of doing. It's just this season makes everybody stressed out. You put anybody in a really high stress situation, and all of a sudden they can do fight things. or flight. Right. It, it turns it turns pretty crazy. So a woman in Washington State is in a lot of trouble. She went to a dollar store up there in Kent, Washington. There you go, getting your Thanksgiving on a dollar store. There you go. All right. Sad times. And she told the woman at the counter, "Look, there's no shopping uh, there's no shopping carts here," and then just walked out of the store. Now, you would think, story over, right? Yeah. Story over. No. She came back into the store and like was like <sighs> ranting, but sort of like underneath her breath and kind of mumbling, and that's like a precursor to, holy hell, this broad's probably crazy, and she was talking about burning the store down to the ground. Jeez. The dollar store. Jeez. Right? So burn the whole thing down, you own 300 bucks. But like she's talking about like burning down the dollar store. So then she goes into the greeting card aisle in said dollar store and sets the store on fire. Goes back to the front, told the employees, hey, your store's on fire. So employees of the dollar store can't put it out. This thing spread to multiple other businesses in the strip mall. Fantona took 75 firefighters a full 24 hours to get this fire out. I mean, a strip mall is prime time, like that bitch on fire territory right there, dude. All you got to do is get that greeting card aisle lit up and, dude, all that, all that. That's kindling. Right. Everything else is going to catch on fire. 75 firefighters, a full 24 hours to put this fire out. Employees were able to, like, point her out to the police at the scene. She was standing outside of the fire taking pictures of it on her phone. She's been charged with first-degree arson being held on $225,000 bail. Multiple businesses. I can't believe it took almost 100 firefighters a full day to get that out. Think about how bad that had to be. That's insanity. Over a shopping cart. Well, maybe those Dollar General's employees or whatever, or the Dollar or the, the Save a Buck or whatever employees <laughs> they are, they better, they better get those shopping carts filled up next time. This bitch is coming for you. That is crazy. And I just, when I read this yesterday, I was like, you know what? This is just going to keep happening and keep happening and keep happening. As we get closer and closer to December 25th, people are going to be snapping in stores. And it just makes you realize 
should probably be nice. You know what I mean? Like, you should probably, when you see people, just be like, because I'm one of those. I get really annoyed in stores really easy. Like, a woman yesterday was walking through the aisle at the Giant Eagle, and it wasn't her. Well, yeah, it is her fault because she eats too much, but she was, like, taking up the whole aisle as she was walking down the middle of it. Right. And she was aware. Like, she even turned around and, like, saw that I was, like, standing behind her with my cart and refused to move a little yeah. one way or the other to kind of let me go. She was, like, one of those. Like, yeah, I'm big and I'm fat and huge and I'm miserable and I, I have an attitude problem and you're going to deal with it because you just happen to get stuck behind me in the line. And I just, I did, I fantasized about speeding up with my cart and, like, smashing her into the back of her big fat ass with it. I didn't do it because I didn't want to go to jail or anything. But I was, I was miserable. Like I'm one of those. Like I get irritated quickly in the store. And I thought about it. I was like, no, don't do it. Burn this bitch down. Right. So I was like, somebody. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to be the precursor to something. Burned a strip mall down because she couldn't find a shopping cart. Those employees better step it up. And then stands outside of it to take pictures of it on her phone. This was a grown-up. Dear God. World's going crazy, Phantom. I don't know what to make of it. So the Get Tough president turns out is a total puss. We'll get into that next on the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have a four-pack of tickets for you for Friday and Saturday. Can't charge game. We'll get you hooked up with those. Around 7.30 this morning. By now, you have probably heard that Mike Pence, future vice president, went to the theater to see a, uh, what I'm hearing is a very successful play, Hamilton. Yeah. From what I'm hearing, it it's like sold well, sold out. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, it's a phenomenon. Like, as can't far get as, like, tickets. As far as like theater stuff goes, like I don't know why, but occasionally, like a stage production will just take over the nation. Like, oh, have you seen Rent? And it's like, no, why? I don't <laughs> like no. Why? Why would I? Why would I see that? But Hamilton's definitely that play right now. Um, it's about Alexander Hamilton, and sure. it's, it's all like rap. Like everything, the entire play. There's no talking. It's all rapping. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, it's one hundred percent like rap music, and it's it's it, 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 yeah. I, I, wow, know. I had not known that. Uh huh. And it's all it's all like historically accurate in the sense of it's not like taking huge you know leaps of 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 of, of history there. Um, obviously, maybe not historically accurate in the sense of they're all rapping, but yeah, it's all one hundred percent like. You don't know you weren't there. It's all one hundred percent like beats and rhymes. Oh, I had not yeah. known that. Yeah. Oh God! I hope that leaks online. I would like to see that. I'm not going to New York to see it, but I would be it. That's a, that sounds very interesting to me. Yeah, it's all it's all rap music. Huh? Surprised Pence even went. I uh, <laughs> but he was there, and the cast had carried on with the performance. And then, from what I understand, at the end of the performance, they addressed Mike Pence from the stage. We have that. We want you to uh, be able to take a listen to that now. Now Saturday morning. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that the? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Little uh, little audio there glitch we there. Go. There we go. You know, we had a, a, a guest in the audience this evening. And Vice President-elect Pence, I see you walking out, but I hope you will hear us just a few more moments. There's nothing to move with, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing to move with. We're all here sharing a story of love. So that's worth noting that he said there's nothing to boo, saying to the audience, there's nothing to boo here. Trying to calm that down before it even happens. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I like that a little bit. We have a, we have a message for you, sir. We hope that you will hear us out. 
And I encourage everybody to pause your phones and tweet and post because this message needs to be spread far and wide, okay? Vice President-elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton and American Music. We really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us. Our planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and uphold our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. All of us. told by a diverse group of men and women of different colors, creeds, and orientations. So there you go. There's the cast of Hamilton addressing Mike Pence. Now, I had pointed this out Sunday morning, and apparently you're not allowed to do this. And I had said if this had went the other way, the reaction would be visceral. It would. I like, Dude, if somebody lectured Obama... From a stage the other way, oh my God, the left would be up. They they'd be up in arms about it. Do you feel like that was lecturing? I feel like a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's and, and dude, lecturing's not always bad. Sometimes do sometimes people need lecturing, and Obama needs it just like Mike Pence and Donald Trump need it. But if it were to happen on the other side, it admittingly, dude, that dude, Twitter would have been in an uproar because that most people on Twitter are. Democratic, they are. They're very liberal. That's, I mean, they've gone through it. So that being said, that's fine. Whatever. I didn't. I don't have a real problem with this. Okay. I, I don't have a huge issue with it. You're going to hear a lot of people say this. Well, time and place. Wrong time and place. And you know what? You are right about that. You are right. If I had bought a ticket to that, I wouldn't necessarily want to have to sit through that at the end of that. Okay. Now you don't have to. You could get up and walk out during it. All right. It wasn't during the performance. So you're going to hear a lot about time and place today, and it's the wrong time and the wrong place. The problem with that is, is I'm normally one of those. It's the wrong time, wrong place. The problem with that is, is that the right time and the right place is inside Mike Pence's office, and they're never going to get that meeting. He's never going to allow that meeting to happen. And I, I mean, I guess, you know, obviously a show is a representation of the writers, of the performers, of the actors that are involved with that. And this is our time and place. I mean, people could say to us, like, hey, this isn't the time and the place to be talking about your opinions. You should be talking about the facts. And it's like, well, I mean. Well, the other thing people are going to say is free speech because, you know, people are saying, oh, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say that. You know, oh, look, you know, he's not even president yet. And our, our free speech is already being affected. Now, I don't know. And I'm asking a question. I'm legitimately asking. Asking a question, but aren't they technically at work? And do you have uh, the right to your free speech at work? If your boss says you do, sure you do. You have your right to free speech at work. If your I boss, don't know what their clearance was. I don't know. I don't know what the producers of the play say. I don't know. Okay. If, if, if your boss doesn't care that you're talking politics at work, of course you have free speech. You know. You can now my you guess want. is that your boss at the theater probably feels the way you did about it. Yeah, Would be my guess. I, I, I think when I think when you ha- and he had the entire stage cast with him up on stage. Yeah, right every, there. it was everybody. This was, it, Pre-prepared. It looked, yeah. This was a solidified moment. You could tell right. that it was planned out. I just, you know, I was just kind of curious about what overall what the what the rule. Would now, be if there. I work at the gas station and I'm sitting there talking politics to every guy that comes up, and my boss says, "Hey, stop doing that," then that's one thing. But if my boss is like, "Dude, I don't care. Go ahead and keep doing it," then you know, you just say whatever you want. Now we have a little audio on Mike Pence's reaction to all of this. We want you to take a listen to that. 
Now, Saturday morning, Mr. Trump tweeted this. The cast of Hamilton was very rude last night to a very good man, Mike Pence, apologized, and he tweeted about it again at 623 this morning. Governor, what did you think of the cast comments, and did you consider it rude? Well, first off, uh, my daughter and I and her and her uh, cousins really enjoyed the show. Hamilton is just an incredible production, and... Uh, uh, incredibly talented people and uh, it, it was a real joy to be there and you know when we arrived we heard we heard a, a few boos and we heard some cheers and I nudged my kids and reminded them that's what freedom sounds like and uh, uh, but at the end I you know I, I did hear what was said uh, from the stage and I can tell you I, I wasn't offended by by what was said I'll leave to others whether that was the appropriate venue to say it but I, I do want to say that um, that uh, the the basic element, the, the center of that message is one that I, I, I want to address, and that is I, I know this is a very disappointing time for people that, that did not see their candidate win in this national election. I know this is a very time for some people, and I just want to reassure people that what President-elect Donald Trump said on election night, he absolutely meant from the bottom of his heart. He is preparing to be the president of all of the people of the United States of America. Uh, and to watch him uh, bringing together people of, of diverse views, uh, bringing together people that differed with him strongly, seeing him talk to leaders around the world, I, I just want to reassure every American uh, that, that in, in the days ahead, I'm very confident uh, that they're going to see President-elect Donald Trump be a president uh, for all of the people and and we embrace that principle and we're going to work hard to make that principle every day that we serve and just so there's mike pence's response there uh dude i gotta tell you just listening to his response he's way better than donald at that he's way better at the let me give you the answer that's going to make everybody feel better about something way better at it and Ultimately, you know, I, I feel like he handled that very well to say that he wasn't offended by it. Trump had a different take. He wants the entire cast to apologize. And then this bled over into SNL, too, because Alec Baldwin was back to kind of, uh, you know, portray Donald Trump on SNL. I watched that. It was it was funny. It wasn't great, but it was funny. And Trump then got upset about that and wants equal time on that. We'll, we'll address that here in a second. But, you know, people were like, oh, you know, the tough president, the, the I'm going to beat ISIS president now feels threatened by, by the theater. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. And what you have to realize is, is that this is sleight of hand. This is sleight of hand. He had settled that Trump University fraud case over the weekend, settled for like $25 million. And he had a perfect opportunity to pivot and change the story. And now the story isn't, oh my God, this guy committed fraud and settled out of court. The story is the guy who hates safe spaces now needs a safe space. And if you don't think he did that on purpose, you're crazy. He changed the narrative and you let him. You fell for it again. You fell for it again. Now, every president since the history of the country has used sleight of hand. It's just it's an almost it's almost necessary in that position because sometimes they have to make decisions that are going to make a lot of people angry and you're going to try to like you know put out that fire. But you fell for it again. And now all Twitter and Facebook all it is is calling Trump a sissy when you no know, 
He's not offended. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Did you think he cares about Mike Pence at all? No, not even a little. He didn't care if you offend Mike Pence. He wanted to change the narrative, and you're letting him. You're letting him. He wants the stories not to be about Jeff Sessions. He wants the stories to not be about Steve Bannon. He wants the stories to not be about Trump University. He wants them to be about this, and you're letting it. Now, the people who are supporting Trump are like, we're going to boycott Hamilton. Well, nice job, idiot. It's been sold out for months. You can't get tickets. Yeah, I think it's sold out to 2018. It's over. Like, all of 2017 is already sold out. Good luck. It's much like you saw those Starbucks, like people were going to protest Starbucks by going to Starbucks and having Trump written on the cup. You think Starbucks cares? Give them the money. I just, I, I mean, dude, this protesting and boycotting of stuff, it's just, you're not even thinking it out. Now, going to the Saturday Night Live thing of Alec Baldwin being Trump, like I said, it was pretty funny. It wasn't great, but that's SNL today. It's just the way it is. But it was pretty funny. And Trump, he said, I watched parts of Saturday Night Live last night. It's a total one-sided, biased show. Nothing funny at all. Equal time for us, question mark. Now, Alec Baldwin responded on Twitter and said, equal time. The election is over. There is no more equal time now. Now, you try to be president. People respond. That's pretty much it. And Alec Baldwin nailed it. That is it. Nobody owes you equal time. Now you're the president. You're going to get made fun of. That's the way it is. Dude, Obama dealt with this. Clinton dealt with this. Bush dealt with this. Everybody who is since the invention of television has kind of dealt with this. You don't get equal time on a like on a comedic program. Yeah, that's. I mean, dude, it's Saturday Night Live. It's not a news organization. It's not a debate. It's not like it's it's not you running for office anymore. There's no equal time. They don't have to be fair to you. But again, this is him bitching about things that he knows don't matter to get people off the story, off the real story. And you're letting it happen. You were mad about Trump University for eight hours. And then this happened and Donald went, oh, my God, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And now he's got you all off to the side arguing free speech, First Amendment rights, workplace Wrong place, right time, this, all that. He's got you arguing all that versus still being uproared about his cabinet appointments and the Trump University case. You know, everybody calls this guy stupid. He might be brilliant. He might be brilliant. Now, I just said every president is used sleight of hand, and they all have. I'm just telling you right now, President-elect Donald Trump might be the best sleight of hand president maybe ever. That might not be a good thing. But he's got you bitching about all the wrong things on Monday morning, just like he wanted. What did I say during the campaign? He's got a shot because he understands America better than America understands him. And he continues to prove it time and time again. Just out there proving it. We started the program this morning, Fantone, talking yeah. about a woman I met over the weekend with a very strange name. Indeed we did. It turns out in France, you may not be able to name your kids strange things. We'll fill you in on that next on the Sansbury Show. Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're going to get you hooked up with a four-pack of tickets for not only Friday, but Saturday nights. Can't charge games as well. You're getting a four-pack to each game, Friday and Saturday. 
Take your kids uh, one one night. Take your boys the next night. You know what I'm saying? On Friday, they're playing the Iowa Energy Dollar Dog Night. And then on Saturday, you're getting post-game player autographs. And again, tickets always start at just 8 bucks. You can pick them up at the Civic Center or at CantonCharge.com. Or if you hold on about 10 minutes right now, we'll get you hooked up with a four-pack for each night. Shout out to Posse. What up, homie? Yeah. I'll have to go check one of those games out. Yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, the uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, people are often left with that, like, all now right, what? now what do we do? Right. And you're dying to get out of the house. You've already watched all the stupid Christmas movies. You don't want to do that anymore. Can't charge. A great, uh, great thing to do. Take the family. If you were listening at the start of the program this morning, I was telling this story about how I was, uh, I was hanging out with some friends Saturday night, and I, uh, you know, a guy said to me, he's like, hey, man, I listen to the show all the time, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he introduced me to his girlfriend. And she was, uh, she's like one of these girls that you just felt like just kind of wanted to argue with you no matter what. You mentioned that she was short, and uh, that's what I had imagined before you had even said that. She's like 4'9". There's just something about that. And she's like, oh, and I'm ready to fight with you. And I'm like, oh, my God. No one can even hear you up here. Just just little and feisty and that whole thing, right? And he introduced me to her, and her name was Cricket. And I didn't laugh because I've... Was trying not to offend somebody. Right. And so I said, oh, I said, that's cool. I was like, you know, what's her real name? <laughs> and he said to me, he's like, no, dude, that is her real name. And I didn't believe her. And we had to do like the whole 20 minute thing about like, really, your real name's Cricket and like the whole thing. And it's just, it's just strange. Now she tried to tell me, you know, I was like, you know, cause I said to her, I was like, kids had to be brutal, right? Like I was like, I know kids, like they're just mean and like they just, any avenue they have to pick on somebody, they're going to just try to exploit it as much as humanly possible. And she said to me, she goes, no, it's only old F's like you that think my name is strange. She's like, everybody my age, she's like, there's a bunch of people with weird names my age. She was like, so it's not even that big of a deal. Now, I'm glad she was sassy and she had a comeback for you and she was ready to defend herself. But she's lying about that. (laughs) Kids made fun of her all the time about it. Come on. Like, you you, you know, honestly, name your kid whatever the hell you want to. That's certainly your prerogative. If you're a celebrity or you got like parents that are hippies or something like that, I, I understand and I empathize. But don't try to act like that's a normal name it's it's it, that's if anything it's unique like that's the strength of it is that it's not normal that's name. why they named you right is because they wanted you to have a unique name i guess her parents were fans of something it's like a character from something and she told me i didn't care enough to remember it but whatever and she ended up being really cool and her boyfriend's super cool so we all like you know had some drinks and we ended right. up being friends by the end of the right. night but initially she was looking for an argument now i bring this up again because I don't know what the rules in the United States are, but there are a bunch of people named with you know crazy things, so apparently we don't do this. But in France, the government can step in and stop parents from naming their kids something. And a couple of parents found out the hard way. They named their child Mohammed Mara. Now, I didn't know this story, but apparently Mohammed Mara... Now, Mohammed, one of the most common first names in like the world... Right, you tell people in America that they freak out, but it right. is. It's like I think it's like second or third on the list of most common names. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, America, but brown people have numbers on us, dude. Like they're they're out there reproducing. They got countries full of them. Just named Mohammed, looking for your ass. Yeah, that shirts on skins is going to be a rough day. That's going to be a rough one. It is. It is. But apparently, there was a known terrorist by the name of Mohammed Mara. Now I didn't know that. 
Okay? okay. Or, or th- either that or I had read it back when this happened and I just forgot his name. But in 2012, Fantone, Muhammad killed seven people in the, in a city in France. And so when the, when the French government heard that this baby was going to be named after him, they stepped in to stop the parents. Now, apparently parents in France are allowed to name their newborns whatever they want. But the registers of like the county or like the region there can take action if they think the name could subject the child to mockery or cause lasting issues. Now, they don't know whether or not the parents tried to name this child this like on purpose, whether it was intentional or not. But it says here, we wanted to step in and save this kid years of ridicule and predisposed judgment. Now, I only like that because I would rather have this kid not have this name and have to like tell people, no, I'm not a descendant of that dude. No, that's not my family or this and that. So I like it, but I wouldn't like... I wouldn't like the government stepping in and telling me what I could name my kid. Yeah, I mean, I understand there's a real problem with naming your kid Adolf Hitler. You know what I mean? Oof. Like, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna start naming our kid Adolf Hitler, I understand there's a problem. Just I don't know if that's enough of a problem to for the government to step in and kind of like step on that on that right of yours. Now we know in America we've seen celebrities name their kids all kind of crazy things. Right. You got Northwest, right. uh, one Apple. of the Jackson, yeah, Apple, yeah. one of the Jackson Five named their kid Your Majesty. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like we've seen this, and like uh, you know, America doesn't seem to step in here. Well, none of those are terrorists. None of those are Adolf Hitler. None of those are. I mean, like if you named your kid after a serial killer, would that be okay? If you named your kid like Ted Bundy, is that okay? I think it, no, ah, okay. I mean, it's definitely strange. I want to name my kid John Wayne Gacy. You know oh. what I mean? That's what I want to name my kid. Oh, you know, who to are you? celebrate somebody like that? Who are you to tell me no, though? I, I, mean, I don't like it. The reason why, and I understand why the French government would want to step in here. Normally, you give your kids name something to honor something. Right. Honor, you know what I mean? Right. Maybe your father's name or your grandfather, and you pass names on and continue name traditions. And it's normally an honoring thing. And so would I head scratch at somebody looking to honor John Wayne Gacy? Yes. I would absolutely look at somebody crooked for that. I would look at you crooked. I just don't know if I or anyone else has any room to interject there until you know you're not allowed to do that. Isn't it some kind? I mean, did you are kind of signing your kid up for child abuse, right? On some level. I mean, now look, now kids can make fun of everything. My name was Dan. That's about as basic American generic like right. name as you're going to get. But Dan Dan the Garbage Man was still a thing on the playground. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was that was still a thing on the playground. Now at 40, I don't care about that at all. But at 8, it sucked. You know what I mean? At 8, it was like, damn it, I don't like the fact that you can do that. And I guess how many kids are going to know the Muhammad name, Mara? Uh, the name of a famous terrorist? I don't know. At, at age at age seven, did I, if somebody was like, "Hey, this is your new classmate. His name's Adolf Hitler," would I have necessarily like figured that out? I'd probably just been like, "Yeah, whatever." All right, Hitler, you might have known, but let's say now, would would, would like an eight year old in class now know Timothy McVeigh? Right. 
Right. Do we know any of the names of the guys from 9-11? No, we don't know a single one of them. I could know somebody from, from, from 9-11 and be like, oh, I don't know. Oh, my God. I couldn't name a single one of Not them. Not off dude. the top of my head right now. Uh, I dude, I could, give you, I could give you an hour and a piece of paper, and you'd still be like, uh, Mohammed something. I mean, here's the thing. They're all kind of close, so you could probably ballpark it. <laughs> right? You give me 20 guesses, I'm probably going to nail it. So I, I, I understand. I really do. I mean, but what if you wanted to name your kid something vulgar? What if you, na- wanted, you wanted to name your kid like Estane? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Estane or something like that. Yeah. Who's who's? I bet in America you're probably not allowed to 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 include um, curse words into the naming of your kids. Right? Who are you to tell me no? If I want to name my kid a hole, who are you to tell me no? I, I I just don't. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, if you were in the store today, let's say you had a five year old. And you were in a store today and you turned around and called your kid an a-hole. I mean, dude, they're going to call Child Protective Services on you. I, 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 yes. So you can't name your kid that. I mean, I understand that that, that that could definitely... I just don't under... I don't know where in the law that comes. What if you just want to name your kid something stupid? What if you want to kid, name your kid, you know, uh, you know, like macaroni salad? What if you want to do that? Who's who, who are you to stop me from calling my kid sweatpants if I want to? Right? Like, who is anybody? Dude, why are you naming your kid, like, radio station intern names? I don't, I don't know, because, like, exactly. That's exactly it, though. If I want to name my kid, you know, Wolfman Jack, who are you Who are you or anybody else to tell me no that I can't do that if, I, if you can name your kid Apple? I'm with you in the sense that I don't think it's right, okay? And I'm for people having freedom, and I, and I like all that. The only reason I like this is because they are stepping in and stopping this kid from a lifetime of pain. Why would you want your kid to have that name? To, to to have that that history attached to who they are. Don't you want your kids to have a fair shot? Like, okay, let's go back to this girl I met over the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Her name's Cricket, mm-hmm. okay? Now, that's it's a little unique in this and that, but I said to Fantone this morning, I said, now look, do I think it set her up for a lifetime of failure? No. She's probably obviously going to be okay. But I did say to Fantone during the one break, I was like, imagine the time she applied for a job and didn't get a call back. Yeah. There are going to be people who are going to be like, nope, see ya. No doubt. And you can say, well, you know, if that's the kind of person they are, I don't want to necessarily be working for them until you're broken the unemployment line. Like, yo, I need some money. Um, I, I definitely there are think things in life that are just a reality. If you want to name your kid something weird, you have to give them another option. So if their name's going to be Cricket, make her middle name Jean so she can at least go by Jean. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're going to name your kid some, you know, something weird, if you're going to name your kid Adolf Hitler, at least give them a middle name of Derek so they can go by Derek on an application. Like my father went by his middle name his entire life because his first name was Harold and he hated it. Hated it. So his middle name was Dean and so he went by Dean his entire life. I didn't even know my dad's real name and think until I was like 15. Like I didn't even know that was like a thing, but he was so embarrassed growing up by his first name that he just went by his middle name. So you're right, you can do that. Do you know like why your parents named you Matthew? Uh, I don't think there was anything to it other than like they just wanted a normal all-American kind of name, and I, I I know they wanted I think they they wanted to give me something that I could abbreviate something that was like all right you have Matt, Matthew, Matthew right and Matt so yeah I think that that's all there was to it. I my mom wanted to name me Michael, but my uh, but my aunt had already had a boy, just had a boy and named him Michael, so I couldn't be that. So my parents just picked names out of the Bible. Like I'm named Daniel after that dude who was in the Lions and didn't, the get Lions. Eaten, didn't get eaten. Nice. Both biblical names here. White people, what are we going to be do? Just be unoriginal? Oh, yeah, we'll pick one from the Bible. <laughs> All right, we'll get you hooked up with a four-pack of tickets for Friday and Saturday night charge games. We'll do it next on The Stansbury Show. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're getting hooked up with a four-pack of tickets for both Friday and Saturday night's charge games. Under 10 minutes from right now, 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need to win those. Friday night's Dollar Dog Night. 
And Saturday night, you're getting post-game player autographs. Tickets start just 8 bucks. Pick them up at the Civic Center directly or at CantonCharge.com or by listening to the show. Like I said, 10 minutes, we'll get you hooked up with a four-pack for each night. Dollar dog night, dude. It's going to be a good time. That will be a really good time. It's going to be a good time. We'll talk to Scott from Waiting for Next Year. Dot com at 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, dude, it was something like 12 extra points got missed yesterday yeah. in the NFL. It was like a record. Uh, there's been some rule changes in the kicking and the like, and it's, it seems to be making an impact on games. I like it. It's You can't turn away from the extra point anymore. I'll give the NFL that. I don't know if it's better or worse for the game or this and that, but you can't just be like, ah, it's a gimme. You can't do that anymore with it. So that, I guess, is probably good. So we'll talk to Scott about that and about Terrell Pryor calling out the offensive line because Cody Kessler now with his second concussion of the year. I was uh, I was texting with Scott yesterday and I was like, hey, dude, don't forget tomorrow, 8 a.m. And he's like, do we have to? And I said, yes, we have to. It's almost over. You know what I mean? Was it four games left? Something like that? Something like that. Five games left. Five they're, games? Yeah, they're 0-11. 0-11, okay. Um. See, I was, I was already putting another one in the bank. Just uh, just this last loss to the Steelers, I saw uh, the Browns are now officially, statistically, the first team eliminated from playoff contention in the NFL. Yeah, but we do that in August. So, like, <laughs> can't be surprised. Sad to say, dude, if the Browns win out, they'll still beat last year's record, though, which just speaks to how terrible they are, dude. If they win out from this point, uh-huh. they break last year's record. Uh-huh. They win five games. If they win out. They, they they can beat last year's team, which is just I mean just just a crap sandwich on top of a turd sandwich. It's just so bad in, in Berea, dude. So bad. Wow, wow. All right, yeah, we'll definitely talk to Scott about that. We'll do that at eight o'clock. All right. Um, the so fast food's taking a hit across the country. Right, people are trying to eat better. They're trying to go, you know, non GMOs, and I want organic this, and I need organic that. So we've seen um, a little bit of decline in these things. I thought you were just going to say fast food in the country is taking a hit because Stansberry's shutting the mother down. I he have shut, he's shutting the thing down. Honestly, it's been a little while since I've had something from a uh, from a drive through window. Now, well, there you go. I, I have been trying to do that. And if you go into like Taco Bell now, like um, they've kind of like redone the inside of their restaurants. They're trying to make them a little nicer. You order food, they ask you for your name now, um, and, and it's it, it seems to be a much more. They're trying to make it a more personalized experience. Um, you, I think what you're seeing is a lot of of of, of organizations and restaurants. They're trying to, you know, now that the uh, the economy is rebounding a little bit and people have a little bit of extra money, it, it makes it, you know, hey, come here not just because everything on the menu costs a dollar. Come here because you're going to have a better experience here. Right. You're going to, you know, have 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 quality. And these places have taken. Um some backlash over the quality of their food and the like. So they're trying to rebrand and trying to do all this stuff to get you back through the door. It makes all the sense in the world. I totally understand how business works and you, you know, you got to do whatever you can to pull people in McDonald's. Now, I don't know. Like you and I had a difference of opinion on all day breakfast. I mm-hmm. thought it was a great idea. You've kind of felt like it would, you know, it would set them back in this and that I love the all day breakfast thing, but now McDonald's is entering into another idea that I don't think is all that great. Okay. And it's not necessarily something that I would want from McDonald's and that I think you need to know your lane and know who you are and know what you are to the American public and be that. But now McDonald's is planning to offer in all of their U S restaurants, Table service. 
Now, you can get table service. I didn't know this. At 500 locations currently. But it will be rolled out to the entire U.S. chain. And this was announced last week. They're also bringing in mobile ordering. So you can order on your mobile phone. And payments. As well as more digital kiosks for the ordering and the like. Can't be surprised on any of those things as technology changes and becomes more like mainstream. So is you know, so is McDonald's. I believe, and I and I give this place credit all the time. Sheets, if you ask me, has become one of the best quick service restaurants in America, and they have all that digital kiosk ordering. And so, if you're McDonald's, Taco Bell, Burger King, and the like, you're like somebody's figured this system out for us. Right, we've seen it work. All we got to do is steal it now. So. Apparently, you can get McDonald's table service in New York, Florida, Southern California, and I guess in places abroad, like England has this and a couple other places. Okay. Now, this is obviously a shift for McDonald's, but they they say that they're looking to create a more personalized experience, and they said the competition to rise of fast casual chains has elevated. And that people are looking to technology to help make restaurants more convenient. And they say people are having problems with more of this digital um, ordering and the like. So what they're going to do is they're going to offer a table service so people can th- those people can assist you with that. And basically, you're going to be somewhere between a fast food restaurant and a restaurant. Well, is this going to be like a, 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 a true table service? I mean, there's not going to be like a McDonald's employee saying like, hi, my name's Sarah. I'm going to be taking care of you today. Like it's going to no, be like, you're going to order digitally and somebody's going to bring it out to you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, Panera already does that. Like Mr. Hero on Tusk already does that. Where like, I don't think this is necessarily getting out of their lane. I, I don't know if this is, you know, just making things a little bit more convenient to you because I would have to assume one of the uh, one of the big issues that fast food places have is while you're standing there waiting for your food. You're standing Every, at the pop machine. Everybody's standing there. And you then stand you, off to the left-hand side. That's where the soda machine usually is. There's a group of you. It looks like the restaurant doesn't have their stuff together. Right. But for everybody seated in the in the dining area, it looks a little more, more organized. And you're probably only going to, it's probably only going to take like one employee to be that food runner where it's like, all right, you've got, you know, this right. tray, take it to table number 73. All right, you got this tray, take that to table number 114 or whatever it is. And, 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 and I, I understand that, dude, I don't want McDonald's to be Applebee's. I don't want a waitress. I don't want like somebody going and getting my refills for me. No, a lot of that is the is the appeal of places like that. Is that I? It's it's all on me. I once I order, I'm done. I'm done with human interaction. I don't have to like tip a waitress. I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to d- deal with any of that kind of stuff. That's kind of what the the whole point of that has been. You're right. I didn't think about the fact that it wasn't going to be like a full blown dining experience. Think about how strange that would be to like have a waitress be like, "Can I have the Big Mac meal?" You know? Oh I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and that, you're right. Then you totally be out of your lane. At this point, though, I mean, McDonald's employees just focus on getting the ice cream machine fixed, dude. Like, quit dude, worrying. What about- is up with you and your girlfriend on this? Quit worrying about bringing me a refill. All right. Now, see, this came out of nowhere. For, for those of you that don't know, Fantone and I both live downtown. Yeah. And that McDonald's on, what is that down there? Is uh, that a cherry? Yeah. That McDonald's on cherry, honestly, dude, is a mess. It's a mess. I've never had anything accurately handed to me out of that window from there ever. I, what I will say is I don't know if it's necessarily I'm getting like the wrong bag or the wrong like food. I'm getting everything okay. I feel like it's timely. It just, dude, for the past four years I've lived in Canton, Ohio, ice cream machine's broken. And I'm like, well, get it fixed. Like, what are we waiting for? Like, you're running advertisements for 99 cent cones. Get the goddamn ice cream machine. It's broken. Well, the th- and the thing is, too, is that you're not a mom and pop restaurant that maybe can't afford a new ice cream right. machine. You're McDonald's. McDonald's. 
if you call McDonald's corporate, they're going to want that to be fixed. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's a guy who bought the chain, and I don't know how that works and, and all that. But, no, I'm with you on that. When you have a big sign up front that says 99-cent ice cream cones, and, hey, I'd like to get one of those ice cream cones, ice cream machine's broken. The thing about that, the thing about that McDonald's on Cherry, though, Jeez. is this. Like, if you go in there today, like, those people who work there have serious attitude problems. Like, I guarantee you, somebody, nobody in there is above saying to you, it's like 30 degrees. What do you want even want ice cream for? It's not up to you about when I want ice cream. Get the machine. You know what, Fantone? I say, dude, let's get a movement going. There it is. We'll protest. 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 We're blocking off Cherry Avenue. Nobody drives on that anyway. We're going to block it off until we get our ice cream machine fixed. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com about the Browns. We'll do so at 8 o'clock. Let's get you hooked up with some Canton Charge tickets, though. This Friday and Saturday, you're getting a four-pack of tickets for both. They're playing the Iowa Energy on Friday, Oklahoma City Blue on Saturday. You get a four-pack for each game by calling uh, 1-800-243-7625. We'll take caller 15 on that and talk to Scott next on the Sansbury Show. Hey, guys, you got Sansbury here for CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been banking with them now for a few years, and I absolutely love how convenient they are. Now, with the holidays right around the corner, we all know that stuff can be super expensive. Tackling that shopping list can really rack up the bills. So whether you need a loan, maybe you're after a credit card, or just a place to save up some money, CSE is there for you. Do your banking with an institution that is 100% local. They're going to work with you no matter what your credit score is. Believe me, mine's not all that great either. Check out more info at CSEFCU.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. There's an awesome video up there for you of a chick fight. I love when women fight. It's like one of my favorite things ever. There's a really good chick fight. WRQK.com. We're joined this morning, every Monday morning at 8 a.m. by Scott for winningfornextyear.com. We're going to talk a little Brown. Scott, uh, we're going to put a pin in that just real quickly. I want to talk to you about the NFL as a whole. As I saw yesterday, I believe NFL record, 12, 12 of them, extra points, missed yesterday. Are you a fan of this new kicking change rule in the NFL? You know, I, I, I'm not right now. Uh, this is going to sound like a weird answer. Uh, one, of, one of 12 in Cleveland, by the way. Yeah. Cody yeah. Parkey. Um, but I'm excited to see what the, what the NFL does in reaction to it. Because um, the, the NFL, of any, of any league, has a way of, you know, the, the NBA, for instance, has a lot of loopholes with their CBA. But the way the game is played, while it's more from kind of an inside-out, you know, game, it's largely the same game. Uh, the NFL, however, as these rules continue to evolve and what's a catch and what isn't and where we take kickoffs and what, you know, the, the NFL head coaches tend to be very, very smart when it comes to kind of defeating, you know, what the NFL is trying to accomplish. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of either, you know, putting a higher value on better kickers. I mean, you saw, you saw Tampa Bay use a, an early round draft pick on a kicker this past year. Um, or just going for the Mike Tomlin model, where you just go for two more often than not. And, you know, if you if you can get it, if you hit, get your two-point conversions more than 50% of the time, you're statistically better than going for the extra point each time because the, the success rate there has dipped well below, you know, where it used to be. So it'll be interesting to see what the, what the, the change is. Um, and I know Vegas has to be freaking out because, I mean, forever, forever you know, it was, it was three points or seven points, right, right. For, for spreads. And now... You know, you're starting to see a lot more sixes and eights. So we'll see what happens. But I'm more interested in the future than I am 
concerned about what's going on right now. I kind of like it just because at first I was like, oh, I don't know if they should do that, but now there's drama in it. And this play that you used to be able to get up and go to the bathroom during and you didn't have to look at it all, now all of a sudden is massively important, obviously. as I mean, we had a record of a miss yesterday. So there's something to it. So there's more drama in that, which I would imagine that the NFL likes, right? Because it keeps your eyes on the product. No, for sure. I, I definitely agree. And I, I, there were a lot of people complaining about it yesterday, which I think is kind of weird. Um, you know, because I mean, who? I mean, who should just get something for free? You know, and when it when it comes to right, you know, points are, are so hard to come across. I mean, you see so many games. I mean, yeah. I mean, up until that last touchdown, you know, that the that the Steelers scored in the in the in the, in the Browns end zone. You know, it was a, it was a one score game. You know, it was you saw Pittsburgh lose last week and and get kind of you know, criticized a bit because they, they couldn't convert some two point conversions. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot more, you know, questions, I guess, a lot more excitement that that goes into it. And I, and I, and I do agree with you that, um, the, the way that, you know, kickers aren't automatic anymore. I mean, you just think of tech mobile. It used to be, you just hit the button and you get the free point. Um, you know, now, you know, you actually have to do something and, you know, earning those points. I think the NFL, you know, kind of, I think they made the right call here because it does add a little bit of intrigue. I'll tell you who thinks they should get something for free, who should get points for free. It's those stinking millennials, dude. Give me a participation flag. <laughs> give, me, give me a point for free after I score a touchdown. See? Dude, the worst. Millennials, you're the worst. See? See? That's why you can't do that. You get to the pros, you got to make the kicks. I personally like it. I, I, I think if you're missing 12 of them around the league and you're right, Vegas, I didn't even think about that. But they got to be freaking out because it, you're right. It's going to be much, much harder to set a really good point spread now given the fact that you got to weigh all that in. Meanwhile, dude, I took the Steelers in the under yesterday, made some money on that. Let's move on into the Browns-Steelers game. I think Big Ben now is uh, has won more games at Cleveland Browns Stadium than any Browns quarterback that's played in that new building. That's awesome. Uh, that's, that, that's fantastic. I think everybody knew that they were going to lose uh, yesterday. I think everybody knows they're probably going to lose out. Um, I want to talk to you about Terrell Pryor, who... Was uh, was stretched out over the middle by uh, by Josh McCown, and he got it took a huge hit. And uh, but he had a lot to say about the offensive line after the game because Cody Kessler suffered his second concussion of the year, and he called out the offensive line and said that they need to pick up blocks. Now I agree that the offensive line is a huge huge problem for the Cleveland Browns, but when you go zero and eleven, and then you have a guy from a podium pointing fingers at where the problems are. We're going to end up having, and maybe we already do, a pretty divided locker room over that, right? Well, you know, that was the thing. You know, Sashi Brown says we're going to come in and change the culture, and uh, you know, and it's all well and good when you want to when you get rid of. And by changing culture, they meant getting rid of guys like Dante Whitmer, you right. know, who you know are on their downside of their careers. Uh, people who may not be, you know, vying for that next contract the way that some of these younger guys would be. Um, but you know, as, as, as a lot of people said, you could you could want to change the culture as much as you want, but if you start rattling eight, nine, ten loot losses off, you know, you're you're going to get a pretty toxic locker room, um, especially when some players are, you know, you know, balling out a little bit more than others, like 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 Pryor has been. Um, you know, you could argue though, as much as the offensive line has struggled, you know, these guys are holding on to the ball way too long as well. So there's a little more to it than that. But I, I'm I'm all for. You know, players. You know, being honest. I, if 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 the, if the thing they're going to do is go to the podium and spit out, oh, we get, you know just got to give 110 percent and all those cliches. 
you know, it doesn't really, you know, show us much. Um, but I'm saying that also as someone who, you know, tries to report on this stuff. So I, I can get the fan side of it as well that just wants these guys to put their heads down and go to work. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But you already had Joe Thomas speaking out about the, the front office and the way they're trying to build things, you know, and they don't value the offensive line and things like that. So when Joe Thomas is coming out and talking, you know, you know, you know, things are, are getting interesting. Right. So it'll be, it'll be a very, I always I keep saying interesting, but it'll be a very, it'll, the off season is going to be very, very important because you saw how rookies can change the Dallas Cowboys and you're, you're not seeing anything like that here. So they, they need to get playmakers and they need to get guys who can, you know, help this team score points. You know, a lot of people have been pointing fingers at the defense, but the offense up until, you know, third quarter yesterday hadn't scored a point in right. four quarters. I mean, they, they went they went scoreless against Baltimore, and then they went scoreless in the first half yesterday. So they, there's a lot more issues than the offensive line. But, you know, it's, it's to your point, you know, things are going to get really interesting over the next couple of weeks because 0-16, when some of these guys are getting crushed, um, you know, is going to lead to a lot of people speaking out. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, as you're sitting here with 11 losses under your belt, you'd like to think that, well, dude, we've got five games left and we're going to ass backwards our way into one of those. But obviously, you know, you bring up Sashi Brown and you bring up that culture. One of the things that really made headlines over the week was the talk of, well, we're not focused on wins and losses. And and, 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 and what that kind of means to me is that, hey, you know, or, or what that implies to me is we're, you know, we're not trying to, 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 to win this game out. We're not trying to win this season out. And I understand that's the realistic way to look at it but i mean as a locker room how can you even how can you how can you put your helmet on how can you like hype up how, how do you can, get geared up and ready right, to play when you, when you know that your team doesn't prioritize winning i just feel like there's no way that you can build any sort of a structure and we've talked about that as oh well they're gonna they're gonna build from the ground up and they're gonna break the whole thing down and then we'll build up from there i haven't seen that at all over 11 games i i, I mean i think they're no better today than they were week one you could argue they're worse today than they were week Jesus. one. I mean, they were in games, you know, towards the beginning of the season. I think he's going to regret that statement a little bit, and I don't think he meant it the way it sounds. I mean, very much like what Mark DePiro said, if you want to see wins, don't come. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I think you know, that's one of those things where, you know, it, it, it's, you, you, if you could hit the re- rewind button and kind of rephrase things, you would. But, you know, the front office isn't, isn't focusing on wins and losses when they're talking about how they're gauging success and how they're trying to decide who's going to be a part of things going forward. Um, I think that's what Sashi was trying to say that, you know, these coaches aren't going to be analyzed or judged based on their, their record at the end of the season. You know, they want to see different things. They want to see progress in certain areas. They want to see growth. They want to see, you know, the stuff that a front office cares about. And that's, that's always the kind of dilemma between a front office and 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 a team is because they're building for the future. And, and sustainability where the front, where the head coaches and players want to win now. And there's always going to be that kind of tug of war where, you know, these guys, the front office values draft picks, but draft picks can't suit up on Sunday. And, you know, so when, when Sashi and Paul and all the guys in the front office are trying to build this team, you know, you have players who, you know, to your point, need to go out and win now. And, and we've talked about it before, but some of these guys are really, really young and aren't under contract beyond, you know, this year. And they, they need to play, and they need to earn that, that next contract. So, you know, it is tough to not win, but they are. it is going to become more of an individual kind of game here going forward where, you know, these guys need to, to, to get their game tape ready because in the event that they're not going to be Cleveland Browns, they need to be able to take that to another team and say, hey, you know, look, you know, look at what my guy can do. Look at what we can do. You know, look at – give me, give me, give me that – 
that Andrew Luck money. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. But it, that 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 Sashi Brown quote, I think, is going to be one that's going to be, you know, kind of parsed. But I don't know if he exactly meant what he said. We're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. You think Sashi Brown's going to regret the statement? I think Sashi Brown's going to regret taking the gig. I uh, um, I want to talk to you about Cody Kessler, Scott, because I, I've heard this theory this morning on Twitter, and. I'm having a hard time coming up with a counter argument. Maybe you'll be able to. And that's that you could see Marcus Mariota be able to play on a bad team. You could see Derek Carr was able to play on a bad Raiders team for a while. You can see that Andrew Luck was able to play with a bad Colts team for a little while, still kind of is. And people are saying you can tell that Cody Kessler can't play. Where are you at on the Cody Kessler experiment? I, I feel bad for the guy. Um, he He's not at that pedigree of the guys you named. Um, you know, I think he'll have a career in the NFL in the way Colt McCoy does, but I don't think he'll have a career in the NFL as a starting quarterback. Um, unless he suddenly finds a way to get rid of the ball much, much quicker, he's going to have a really hard time staying on the field for starters. Um, but in terms of his, you know, physical makeup, you know, we, we had a discussion at, at the site you know, if, if Trevor Bauer can add a few miles per hour to his fastball, why can't Cody Kessler use this offseason to, you know, increase his arm strength and, and add a few miles per hour on his outpasses, which I agree with, but I just don't see it very likely. Um, and the unfortunate part is, is I don't know if this team is going to have the ability to analyze him going forward because a second concussion in less than 30 days is, is not a, a way to you know, get back on the football field. So I, I agree that, you know, with the sentiment that Kessler, I don't want to say he can't play, I think he. I think he's. He he has a career as a solid backup in the league, but in terms of Mariota and Carr and Luck and those guys, I mean, it's just, he's just it's not a completely that guy. different tier. Yeah, it's, it's a different tier. That's why he was a third rounder, not a first rounder. There's a big difference between a solid backup and a franchise quarterback for for a club. I totally understand that. Going back to the draft picks thing, as we're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, I was one of those guys. I like collecting draft picks, but the problem is, is that this year what we're saying about the Browns is, well, they're young, they're young, they're young, and if all you do is throw your eggs in the draft picks basket, then aren't you only going to have that argument for the next five years because they're always going to be young when you're you're not drafting forty year old guys. Like that's not happening. You're not you're not drafting veterans. So it's always going to be like, well, we're young. That's why we're not any good, right? I mean, a little. Well, the goal is to establish a core of cost-controlled guys and then fill in the gaps and create. I mean, you look at what Atlanta did, and you know they were legitimately an offensive and defensive line away from being a really, really good football team. I mean, they had the skill positions across the board. You know, you had Trufant at quarter cornerback. You had Julio Jones. You have a, a pair of really, really good running backs, and you had Matt Ryan. You know, you you fill in you fill in the offensive and defensive line, and now you're one of the best teams in football. You know, so that that's that's how you build. And you know, you you could you could stay young for a while, but you need to re up the guys that are 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 important to your core. You know, the way the way that Alex Mack you know was re upped when he was here, uh, the way Joe Thomas was re upped, the way Joe Hayden was re upped. But the the difficult part is you're supposed to be able to fill in the gaps while you're re upping those guys and continually draft you know quality talent. And this team hasn't been able to do it. Um, you know, I don't know when we're going to look at this team and say, Hey, you know, they're young and talented and competitive, uh, you know, but the, as we've talked the last couple of weeks, it's, it's definitely not going to be next year and it might not be the year after talking to Scott from winning for next com. I want to, uh, real quick before I let you go, Scott, I want to read you a tweet that I read yesterday, uh, by a guy named, uh, Mike Hattery. 
on Twitter said, Hey, Browns fans, for the price of one ticket in Section 336 on StubHub for next week, you can get an Indians 20-game pack. So for a price of a Browns ticket next week in, in a section that, not, not a great section, decent one, but not a great one, you could go to 20 Indians games. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Who, who, who tweeted that, if you don't mind me asking? Mike Hattery. Yeah, waiting for next year. Waiting for next year. Yeah, Indians there writer. you go. Um, there, you, there you go. I want yeah, to give credit where credit is due. He's a great addition. No, that's very true. Um, and I don't think, you know, when we talk about ticket prices and the cost of going to games and people want to talk about, oh, Indians games are too expensive and you can't. But when you put it in that perspective, you oh, know, dollar it's, it's, for it's, dollar it's really eye-opening that you oh. can see a really quality product for the price of going to one football game. One team, and he pointed this out too, so I'll give him credit again. Mike Hattery here, he said, one team's constantly trying to improve their product. The other one's stuck in the mud, not going anywhere. That's Scott for WaitingForNextYear.com. My man, we enjoy uh, having you on. Have a great Thanksgiving uh, to you and your family. We'll talk to you again next Monday. You too, guys. Take care. See you soon. All right. We'll get you hooked up with more tickets for the Can Charge game this weekend. Also, Fantone, the Florida Files are up next on the Stansbury Show. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for High Voltage Indoor Karting. It's Ohio's first, fastest, and longest indoor electric go-karting track. Now, with this week being Thanksgiving, maybe you got family, friends in from out of town, take them to do something really different and really fun. You can find more info at highvoltagekarting.com. That's highvoltagekarting with a K.com or by calling 330-333-9000. You'll see their high voltage karting has the fastest carts in the business. This week, Thanksgiving, the day before Wednesday, High Voltage Karting is open from noon until 11 p.m. Take your family to do something really different and really fun. Check out more info, highvoltagekarting.com or by calling 330-333-9000. High Voltage Indoor Karting. It's lightning fast fun and entertainment. 069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 845, we'll get you hooked up with another four-pack of tickets for both Friday and Saturday night camp and charge games. Playing Iowa, on Friday, Oklahoma City. On Saturday, you get a four-pack of tickets for each game. Weekend after Thanksgiving, you're always looking for something to do. What are we going to do? Kids are out of done. They're done with school. They're out of, they want to get out of the house. What are we going to do? Go to Canton Charge Game. That's what I would do. Friday night, Dollar Dog Night, and then Saturday night, you're getting uh, post-game player autographs. Tickets start at 8 bucks. Pick them up at the Civic Center or CantonCharge.com. Or like I said, around 8.45 this morning, we'll pass them out here. I had made a mistake. I had just assumed because the story was coming out of a city named Jacksonville and the type of story that it was that this was Florida. I thought we were going to do the Florida Files here but uh, proofreading it one more time before going on the air with it, I found out this is Jacksonville, North Carolina. The anti-Florida Files right here. Yeah. Well, now, North Carolina, it's kind of, I mean, kind of, sort of. But when I tell you this story, you would have thought Florida for sure. People have taken to social media to express concerns and their dissatisfaction with a float that was seen at a Christmas holiday parade this weekend in Jacksonville. It was First of all, why are we already having Christmas like parades? I don't know why we're doing that. We haven't even hit Thanksgiving yet. But Why are we having Christmas parades? I didn't even know that was like a thing. Thanksgiving Day Parade, you know, hey, it's the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I don't I didn't even know if we had Christmas parades. Yeah, I didn't know about that either. Yeah. But there were like, you know, a handful of floats in this thing. And so Studio 360 bought a float. It's like a dance studio. And they bought a a float for the holiday parade. Now, the problem here and where people took issue is, is that Studio 360 is one of those 
pole dancing fitness classes where like they tell women, hey, you're going to drop a bunch of weight by learning to strip. And uh, and like here's the thing. Pole dancing way harder than people think it is. Way harder. If you think that's easy, come on now. I mean, dude, there's that dude, that's a very physically challenging thing to do. I dated a girl for a while who was in the dancing profession. Surprise. And uh, she had like a collapsible pole in her apartment. It would practice all the time. And it was very, very difficult. Um, You know, it's not something that you can just go up there and do. Now, no. a lap dance, your girlfriend or wife might be able to give you a decent one or, or something like that. But when it comes to actual pole dancing. Holding yourself with your thigh muscle on a pole and spinning around, is in, it's extremely difficult. And I always feel bad because honestly, that's probably when strippers are making like the least amount of money. Once you get out there in the crowd and you're working guys for lap dances, you're probably Again, doing all right, but when you're up there on, on 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 the pole, I mean, unless you're really doing something to wow people, everybody's just drinking their beer, not paying attention to you. Like, I, it, it, yeah, it, it unless you're wildly impressive on it, right. then all of a sudden it's like, dude, did you just see that? Right. Like, look at that. You're right about that. So, Studio 360 Pole Fitness Dance and Gym decorated a float with poles for dancing in the parade route. So they had a woman doing pole tricks. In a Christmas holiday parade. Now, Dusty Maxwell, a local youth pastor, said he was thrown off guard when he saw it. He says, as it got closer, I realized what I was looking at. I saw a lady performing on a pole in a provocative way. I had to turn the heads of my five-year-old and my three-year-old to keep them from seeing it, he said. A family-oriented parade is not somewhere that parents should have to worry about their children being exposed to what they were doing on that float. Now, again, this wasn't like a strip club doing this. This is like a dance studio where they have pole dancing classes. And again, you probably can lose a little bit of weight in those things. And it's probably exercise and no doubt. strengthening your core and all no that. Doubt. I totally understand that, right? No doubt. But now, the owners of the studio, Studio 360, said nobody was doing anything inappropriate on their float. And they go on to say, America's going to get offended by something, Brianna Owens, head instructor and studio manager, said. What we set out to do, we accomplished. We knew we would offend some. It took a lot of guts for the dancers to go out there. Owen said the studio has been receiving posts and comments to their social media telling them how terrible what they did was and calling the dancers on the float names, including the children of uh, on the float. Oof. Yeah, I don't know if I would have had kids on that float. If you're not going to have kids on that float, then why is that float even a part of, of the parade? I would agree. Says here, I wasn't trying to offend by any means. We are a family-friendly place. We knew the consequences. We knew the backlash. We were prepared for that. Well, that sentence doesn't... You contradict yourself in your own sentence. You weren't trying to... Okay, maybe you weren't trying, but you knew you were going to. Okay, I guess maybe not. I mean, I guess technically maybe you're not contradicting yourself. <sighs> I mean, you could argue, okay, well, you got attention for your dance studio. Um, it's all negative. But maybe, I guess, maybe through that, people go, oh, okay, that's been something I've been looking to do. Maybe I'll go there. But I would argue that, I mean, women know about pole dancing, you know, uh, studios. This has been a thing now for a long time, but a decade at least. And so if you're looking to do that, I mean, you like everything else you're looking to do, you Google it, right? Um. Yeah, but I mean, what are we going to say that you know having uh, shouldn't a, advertise? No, right? Or being a, being a part of the community isn't a good idea. But like. I'll totally, I'll totally be okay with. Uh, not all pole dancing is necessarily sexual. Like I understand that it's different than stripping, and and if you're doing it for a physical, but like, I would also say that like you you could do a Zumba class or you could do a a, a like a dance class, and it still wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for a a community parade. Like I mean. Uh, 
in a hip hop dance class, sure, they might show you how to twerk and like, no, that's not necessarily you being a hoe or you being sexual or anything like that. But I don't want you walking down the parade twerking it out in front of my kids. You think anybody at the Macy's Day Parade will twerk from the float? No, it doesn't feel very likely. It doesn't. I don't know. I don't know who's in that. I don't know who does what. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't think so. Right. But. I, I think it's going to probably be a hey, you know. And there's artists that'll play the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's not like they play their most sexual songs. It's probably like, hey, here's the buttoned up lyrics that you're going to play for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and and this is what you're doing. You're singing the Christmas song. You're not singing the shake your ass in the club song. I want to know how this got approved. There's an organizer of the parade. My guess is, I'm just guessing, they ask, no, I'm not even going to guess. I'm going to know because I, I did this for you know St. Patrick's Day Parade when I, I worked at another rock station and I was like the promotions coordinator there and we, once upon a time, we had a float in that parade and it took, what it took to get stuff approved in there, you wouldn't believe. They wanted to know everybody that was going to be on the float, everything that was going to happen on the float, things that were going to happen. I mean, they wanted to know everything. So how did somebody hear about this and have pole dancers for a Christmas parade and went, yeah, that's what we do? I mean, right? I mean, somebody's probably not going to be on the float committee next year, right? right, right rightfully so, dude. I, I mean, I just don't think that's the place. And I hate how this turned into, oh, you're offended. Oh, you're offended. It's like, no. No, certain things just aren't aren't appropriate for children. That's not offensive. It's just certain things are, you know, certain things just aren't appropriate for kids. That's such a a, a, a hide behind nowadays where oh, people so just easy. say, oh, you're offended. Easy. Oh, bump, doesn't matter. You're offended. That's the easy button today. You're right. I'm hearing now Steve tweets this in and says that the Maslin Christmas Parade was last weekend. Navars had theirs two weeks ago. Maybe they do it before it gets too bad out, before it gets weather. weather. The weather gets so bad. Now, you may not. Uh, North but, Carolina, it still snows. No but at that point, quit being soft. If you're going to have a Christmas parade, that's the whole point of Christmas is there's just snowflakes and there's, oh, dude, look at the magic. And no, if, if, you're, the, if, you're, that, if you're that about the life when it comes to Jesus, you get out there in the cold-ass weather and you celebrate his birthday. Dude, and Navarre just jacked the float up. Get that thing <laughs> on like 36s and get it rolling down, the, down Main Street. I don't know what the hell's the matter with you. You're damn right. Pass out some charge tickets. Let's do it next on the Sandsbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Going to pass out a two sets of four packs for the can charge this weekend. You'll go Friday and Saturday night. It's pretty awesome. Do that here shortly. Also coming up at 9 o'clock, a very sad ending. To a unique Donald Trump protest that happened in Akron over the weekend. We'll give you that story coming up at 9 o'clock. However, now though, Fantone, a California lab has gotten much, much closer, they claim, to a breathalyzer that will be able to uh, detect both alcohol and marijuana when somebody exhales. Well, it's about time. When it comes to being able to tell if somebody has smoked marijuana recently... And if they are stoned, they say breath a much be- is much better than urine or blood because we know marijuana stays in your system. You won't be able to tell. So, yes, they can test your blood or urine, but you could have smoked three days ago and it's still going to be in your system. Yeah, if you're a heavy user, you can assume you have at least a month's worth of failed drug tests from the day that you quit. I uh, So I know a guy who had to quit all drugs, all right. went to rehab and, and the like. Sucks to be him. And when it 
obviously most drugs leave your system pretty fast. They yeah. told him because of his marijuana use that he could test positive for marijuana for up to nine months. Especially if you're a fat dude, yeah. too. If you're a fat. Holds in the cells uh-huh. and like. So THC, the part of marijuana that makes people high, can linger a long time in body, sometimes days, month, longer. So authorities can't use blood and urine tests to determine whether or not we've been smoking weed right before we got behind the wheel of the car. So the new device, based on someone's breath, is claiming to be able to do that. Matt Francis, a chemist at the University of California, Berkeley, Cal Berkeley, has spent the last 18 months working on this. He says here, we had to develop some new chemistry that can actually be done. He says, it wasn't obvious when we started this whether or not you could actually tell if somebody had just recently smoked weed when trying to do this. We just, we ventured into it anyway. Right. It says, most law enforcement officials can look at you and determine you're impaired. Okay. But the problem is, is being able to make an arrest and get a conviction are two drastically different things. And I don't know if I like the 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 eyesight test of whether you are or are not impaired. I, I don't know if that's a fair evaluator. Not if you're going to write somebody a DUI. Right. And I mean, let's be real. You know, how some people just have that I'm stoned look. Like yeah. there's plenty of people I know that are stoned all the time. And that's why they have that look. But there's plenty of people I know, too, that just kind of have that like that glaze on their face they all do. the time. Um, who's it? Jim Florent or not Jim Florentine, Jim Brewer, real famous for quitting yeah. the smoking weed, and he was still like, dude, and everybody still thinks I'm high all the time. I just look like this. They were saying, you know, it's difficult to get into writing people tickets and, and you know, giving OVIs for this kind of stuff because they don't have a detection system for marijuana the way they do alcohol. And I have said that I believe that this is what's what America's kind of waiting on before we just open the floodgate to recreational legal weed. They said here, the breath test can detect alcohol and marijuana when the person taking it exhales. And that's important because there are already plenty of ways to tell if somebody uses marijuana. But to tell if somebody smoked marijuana recently or if they are stoned, breath is much better at that detection. So they've worked on the problem. And they have a tremendous amount of interest from not only law uh, enforcement, but employers who are struggling with this problem. Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. but also cannabis industry who knows that you can't be driving around stoned. Mm -hmm. Everybody accepts that. You should. I mean, I know there's people out there like, dude, I drive better high. Well, that's a terrible system to work on. They're arguing that this breathalyzer will be the best defense for marijuana users who aren't stoned at the time they are driving and get pulled over for something else, you know, speeding, you know, or this and that. Right. I uh, I like this technology. I think it. I, I think we should have it because, like I said, I think this is the last thing that's going to kind of stand in our way of legalizing marijuana across the country. And we've seen with alcohol and you know DUIs, people die. It's not okay. It's not okay to drive impaired. And if this gets us one step closer to that, I'm okay with it. I, I really am okay with it. I believe in America being able to have the right to smoke marijuana legally, but I understand people not wanting stone drivers behind the wheel of a car. I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like you kind of have to be a grown up and understand that. Hey, me driving a vehicle, and I, like I said, I know there's people out there, dude. I can do it high. Well, you've done it high, and you haven't gotten into an accident yet. Eventually, the day's gonna come where you're driving around smoking a blunt with your buddy, and you rear end somebody, or you hit a kid that's coming out, or you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a million different. It only takes that once for it to happen. People who still smoke weed in the car is crazy to me like that's i i don't understand that anymore i really don't because like all right i've talked to pretty candidly about this i've had an ovi okay i'm not proud of it um it was a life learning lesson uh-huh. i learned my lesson um 
but you the amount of people in that class when they make you kind of like go for like that three day thing. I had to go to like the hotel stay thing in that. The amount of people in that class that were there for driving while impaired on marijuana was crazy. And I asked like four of them. I was like, well, how'd they even tell? Like they don't have a, a breathalyzer. And the one kid said to me, he's like, well, you know, I was smoking a blunt in the car. It's like, well, dude, then you honestly, not that I didn't deserve to be there because I totally did. I was guilty of what I was doing too. But it's like, idiot, really? I mean, like if I was driving and I had a bottle, if I was chugging a bottle of Jack next to a, you know what I mean? Yeah, at a traffic jail. light. Go to jail. Right. You just expect it. Like that was just not, that's ill-advised. I like it from an employer's perspective as well because the concept of like, hey, I'm going to drug test you and that's going to determine whether I do or do not hire you is kind of BS when it comes to legal states. You know, if you live in if you live in Colorado or you live in in, in California now and your your boss is like, oh, I'm not hiring you because you smoke weed. Well, it's a legal product. You should be able to. But this will give them the tool to say, hey, you're stoned right now at work. You're fired as opposed to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> dude dude i don't know no boss that didn't happen no we don't have it all right we do have two packs of four pack wait two yeah. four packs two four of packs. tickets for the can charge you're going both friday and saturday night friday night dollar dog night Saturday night, you're getting post-game player autographs. Tickets started just 8 bucks. Pick them up at the Civic Center directly or at CantonCharge.com or by calling 1-800-243-7625. We'll take caller 10 on those. Be right back with Honestly Fantone. This is a pretty sad ending to a Trump protest that happened in Akron. We'll give you that story next. Hang on. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Another reminder, December the 2nd, Long Haul Against Hunger takes place. We'll be at the Giant Eagle on the Strip up there. We'll be there starting at 6 a.m. We'll be out there till 7 p.m. Broadcasting live the entire day, taking food donations, cash as well, to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, who then disperses that food out to all kind of different hunger centers, and uh, their buying power is astronomical. We had the CEO, Dan Flowers, in on Friday. Great dude. Uh, Has dedicated his life to public service with the food bank and the like and it's like every dollar they get can buy like four meals it's crazy the buying power that they have yeah I mean don't get me wrong bring food there's no question about that you know I know a lot of people like to take their kids and show them like hey this this food is going to people that need it Um, but at the end of the day you get the most bang from your buck out of your buck there's no question about it what they can do with that and and, and the powers that they have it really is awesome Um, and dude honestly I'm excited to be a part of this again this is a uh, our third Year. Yeah, our third year going here. We we uh we, we 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 kicked ass at it last year and the year before. I plan on doing it again. Yeah, we beat the other uh, the other morning shows in the building, and I would like to do that again. I like uh, I like when this audience shows up and shows up in numbers. We appreciate that. We enjoy that. I already started some shopping for it. I brought it. We have a box. We have a collection box here. And, uh, you know, I bought a couple of different versions of cereal, brought those in, put them in the box there. You know, people over the weekend were asking me, like, dude, what are you going to eat out of it this year? I think we're going to stick with the mac and cheese mountain. I like that. It seems like people, uh, you know, seem to you know bring that. I'm not going to eat another one. Well, all right. I shouldn't guarantee I'm not going to eat something out of the box. But we'll see you guys on December the 2nd there. Yeah. And try not to eat anything out of the box, Dan. It was hard to bring that cereal in today. I like, know it was. I, I, I got four different kinds, and I was like, those are all... Because what I did is I bought stuff that I like. Because I started thinking, for me, there's something with hunger that it's... I, like, for some reason, I always th- I always go to kids. I o- automatically go to the kids. 
right? So I just started thinking about six-year-olds. I eat like a six-year-old, yeah. right? <laughs> like so, I, I, uh, you know, I can sympathize. And I started thinking about it when I was shopping yesterday for stuff for long haul, and I was like, well, what would I want? And I was like, dude, think about being six. There's very few victories in being a young child. Cereal is a six-year-old victory. That is, it's like damn right. Like, and you know, it would suck. To not have, dude, if, at six years old, if you don't get six-year-old victories, what do you get? Yeah, not much. <laughs> you don't get anything. I mean, at that point, you know, you're living in a food insecure family. You're probably having to go to school, deal with some teacher that's a jerk, always giving you homework, stuff like that. Yeah, just a bowl of Fruit Loops is going to be a major victory in your day. I agree. Yeah. So I got some Apple Jacks there. I got some Cookie Crisp there. I got some uh, Frosted Flakes I brought in. There's another, I forget what the fourth one was. Yeah, buying buying stuff that you personally like, I always feel like there's something special about that. And I feel, I feel like buying celebration food is always uh, something I try to do here, too. Like, you got to imagine being a little six-year-old kid. Your birthday's coming up. Your mom doesn't got the money for a cake. cake and now right. it's like, hey, we got you a can of frosting and a birthday cake. Here you go, kid. Go there have you know. go have a good, you know, a happy seventh birthday. So bring your non-perishable food up to the Giant Eagle on December the 2nd and uh, donate it as we will be broadcasting live for Long Haul Against Hunger. There have been plenty of anti-Donald Trump protests all over the country. Yeah. Right? People are very upset, and uh, some people happy, but there have been people who are upset about the fact that the country elected Donald Trump to run the country. And I mean, did you see the latest number that they're calling? Uh, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by over a million and a half. A million and a half, a right? A million and a half. Listen, I mean, I know this isn't the conversation we're going into, but I can understand why people feel uh, misrepresented by, by those numbers. I'm, I forgot to mention this at 7 o'clock while we were talking about the Donald. I think they're going to get him. I think the American public is going to get him. And by that, I mean, I think we are going to see something that maybe has never happened before. I don't know what the legality is of stopping a president-elect. I don't know what has to go into that. But don't you feel like there's a witch hunt now after him and that they're just it feels like this time in America is America gets its victory. They get their social networking victory and they up they up turn this this. uh, Like I said, I don't know what the legalities of it that go into it, but it feels to me like this would be the time where America like gets that victory. And, and they get this overturned somehow, or they block it somehow, and they get another candidate. It just it feels like they're so adamant to get them that they're going to get them. It really does feel that way to me. I uh, No real precedent to that. I don't want that to be the case. I don't want Donald Trump to be the president, but I don't want that to be the case. The rules were what they were when we played the game, and he won that game. You know what I mean? So, we, uh, listen, I don't necessarily... I agree with that sentiment, but I'm telling you, it feels like, they're, like they want him so bad that they're going to find a way to get it. I feel like the witch hunt happens after the presidency. He gets impeached. That's more likely to me than not getting to the office. Yeah, okay. I'll throw that into, you know, I'll throw that into my speculation. I agree. I think something happens. I don't think we see a full run. There we go. But a 69-year-old Akron man who believes strongly that Donald Trump should not be president apparently walked into a coffee shop early Saturday morning. And he was dressed head to toe in a U.S. Marines uniform. Okay. So he's 69, dressed in a head to toe U.S. Marines uniform, and started talking to patrons in the coffee shop about the importance to protest Donald Trump being president. Okay. Uh, he became very agitated very fast, they say. So it started out like, hey guys, we got to protest this, and then it became like confrontational. 
and like he became agitated. They said, uh, regardless of where you feel on politics, most people don't want to be like, hey, pressured into like, hey, let's talk about this, or hey, come protest with me. It's like, no, dude, I'm I'm at this coffee shop. Reading from Ohio.com here, uh, for less than a second, he was calm. Said Denise Bowman, one of the regulars at the coffee shop, but then he became agitated. His tone changed. His body language changed, and he got loud. The 69-year-old man told the group that he gave blood for his country, listed aloud all the places that he had served. His language then turned vulgar, mm-hmm. and a coffee shop patron asked him to tone it down because there were children nearby. That request made him more agitated, and then he ends up telling the crowd, the people in the in the coffee shop there, I have an effing gun, you SOB. I'm not afraid to use it. Jeez. He then leaned into the table Pulled back the flap of his coat as to show off a weapon. Unclear as when this article was written whether or not he actually had a gun. Again, dressed head to toe in a Marines uniform. Okay. So now everybody in the coffee shop's afraid of the guy, right? Yeah, of course. Got a 70-year-old guy going a little nuts. It's like, okay, we don't know what's happening here. So the man, obviously frustrated... Walked out of Angel Falls, that's the name of the coffee shop, around 9.25 in the morning, telling customers to enjoy their coffee. Well, that's a nice way to end it all, right? That's an okay, we got into an argument, I'm going to walk away, everything's going to be fine. So a guy walking by asked, he stopped the guy walking by the coffee shop and said, hey, take my picture, offering up his own phone. Okay. But the guy never was able to take the photo because before he knew what was happening... The 69-year-old man grabbed a canister of gasoline from his car, soaked himself in fuel, and set himself on fire. What? So the guy asked to take the photo actually uses his own jacket to like tackle the guy and kind of like put the fire out. What? Man still on fire collapsed on South Highland. People who lived nearby saw what was happening, ran out of their homes and apartments with fire extinguishers. The man badly burned and had curled into the fetal position. He had been wearing cloth gloves and they were burned off, they said. Part of his clothes had burned away too. Yeah. Passerby said, you know, look, I knelt down next to him. I didn't touch him. No one did. We didn't know what to do. He didn't say anything, the uh, the burned man. He barely moved an inch. They took him to, I believe, Akron Children's. Yeah, now they have a burn center there. Yeah. Himself on fire. Honestly, dude, a little bit of like, I am shocked that this isn't like international news. For somebody to light themselves on fire in protests of Donald Trump, I'm surprised that Akron, Ohio isn't like, you know, trending in in, in everything. The number one story right now. Yeah. I mean, dude, lighting yourself on fire, that's on some Tiananmen Square monks ish right there. It's also not just about Donald Trump at that point. There's obviously, I, okay. I shouldn't say there's obviously, like, I know, but I would assume what we're dealing here with is a little bit of mental illness, obviously. Oh, for sure. I mean, if, dude, if you're going to douse yourself in, in gasoline and let yourself on fire, I, I don't think it's that far of a leap. For sure. It's not. I, I'm know. trying to think if there's anything in the world I believe strongly enough in to where if people weren't listening to me, that in order for me to get your attention, that I'm going to light myself on fire. The answer is no. I'm not that strongly convicted in anything. Nothing. 
Well, and I mean, how effective is it? Like, don't get me wrong. Hey, you know, you're, you're drawing attention to yourself, but I mean, then you're dead. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the most effective way to uh, to protest. There. No, it is not. That's scary, man. I mean, imagine seeing that. There were kids there. 9.30 in the morning at some coffee shop in Akron. Dude, think about how busy a coffee shop is. 9.30 in the morning on Saturday morning. It was up in Highland Square. That's a heavily traveled area. A lot of foot traffic, a lot of stuff over there. That's terrifying. I I bring up like monks lighting themselves on fire, and I I would have to make the argument of no matter for what cause and like no matter what you're doing, there's obvious mental illness going on there if you're lighting yourself on fire. I I, I can't, you know. Terrible thing to have happen. Right. Like in the free Tibet movement, that's great. You know, hey, that's how you feel, but lighting yourself on fire is, is, is not the sign of a healthy person at all. No, no matter how how passionately you feel, I feel bad. I don't know if this dude is a veteran, but it, it seems like all signs are pointing to yes here. Obviously, the dressed head to toe in a Marine's uniform. The dude could have put on a Marine's uniform and not really been a Marine. I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can go to like Army surplus stores, right, and get that kind of stuff. I think. But just very uh, frustrating to know that somebody who obviously had these mental problems couldn't get the help that he needed and felt that this was the way to do it gasoline and lay yourself on fire in the middle in the middle of like a coffee shop in the middle of a strip mall in Akron how is this not a bigger story Denise Bowman was there she said now that I've seen this a suicide attempt with a veteran I'm scared she said I don't know what's going to happen next she says she planned on lighting a candle and pray for the burn man Saturday night she said all, all I can say is God help us and help Trump too Bowman said God help our country Lady, I don't think you should be lighting anything on fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of other ways to, fire uh, to, with, to, 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 to have a little tribute there, but a little Metallica there. Fight I, fire with. I fire. don't know if you should be lighting a fire. No, for him. Ill advised that. How terrifying! How scary that would be to see that. It sucks, dude. I mean, like, imagine being ten, and then all of a sudden a guy's just on fire. Right. I mean, that guy obviously dealing with with the uh, with the uh, the demons of his past. And how oh, terrible story, dude. Just on every level, regardless where you stand in politics, a terrible story. It, you know what? The first thing I thought of is I'm with you. I think he probably was really a vet. Right. Probably really did serve. Right. And that's probably this is adding into that number. What is it? One out of twenty. It's like twenty two suicides a day by yep. by a veteran. Yep. I think this is probably. Something alongside those lines. You know, Trump was probably enough to rile it up. Enough is enough. Fine. uh, And right. And then you amp up uh, some of the mental illness there. Yeah. This guy was going to have issues no matter what. Yeah, I would agree. Terrible. Be be right back with more Stansberry Show. Hang on. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. I've got some good local submissions. For New Tour Tuesday tomorrow. I got multiple, so obviously we'll only be able to get to one there. We'll push somebody off to the following week. If you want to be featured on New Tour Tuesday, send me your stuff, stansburywrqk.com. Tomorrow, to end the program, we'll hear from a alternative metal band out of Canton, Ohio, known the world around as Fatal Method. Fatal Method. Yeah. Yeah. Jake from Fatal Method emailed me and said, Hey, man, I've heard a bunch of crappy local bands on New Tour Tuesday. I wanted to give you something decent to listen to. Nice. So we'll take a listen to Fatal Method tomorrow and find out if that's any good. Fatal Maybe. Method. Maybe really good. Also, Two Chains featuring Drake will be part of that. New Billy Currington and New Three Days Grace. That should be a pretty good episode tomorrow. Well, Two Chains action going on there. I like that. Yeah, I like the chains myself. I'm a, well, I'm a Two Chains fan.
All right. We all have that. I forget where that's from, what movie it's from. It's like, but have you tried it on weed? Like we all, I don't, I, where was that from? I, I forget where that was from. Half-baked John Stewart. He was, uh, he was the dude looking at the back of the $20 bill. Have you looked at it on weed? Like that's a that, that's a thing that's like it's a thing podheads do. Yeah, I mean you know there's a uh, what do I want to say? People who are like, dude, movies are so much better when you're high, or the music's so much better when you're high. I, I, now listen, there is something to that, but I think often a test that I'll give myself is I'm like, well, do I still think this show is funny when I'm not high? And sometimes you'll watch it and you're like, like oh no, dude, no, that no, that's, not at all. That's not funny at all. So somebody sent me a list of this uh, of these things and asked me if these are true. Okay. They said, you know, I want to get your opinion on this because, you know, you're a user of, uh, well, of the product of marijuana. Okay. They said, you know, these are like the 10 things, like the 10 amazing things to do when you're stoned. Bro, you got to do it when you're high. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So we'll examine this. Number 10 is making love. Hell yeah. High sex is great. Yeah. I, I agree. They say it makes the, you know, it, it can make your orgasms last longer, makes them a little intense. Their suggestion is smoke a joint, maybe eat half an edible, and then start massaging your partner until the edible then kicks in. And then the rest, they say, none of our business. Just, you know, hammer it out, have fun with it. Um, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, if you and your partner both partake in it, then yeah, hell yeah, get out there and get stoned and have sex. I mean, why not, you know? Another uh, thing on the list of things to do while you're stoned is cook, which yeah. makes all the sense in the world. Food yeah. and marijuana go hand in hand. They, uh, you know, you're going to get the munchies. They say, you know, cook something. Now, I've always been pretty uh, staunch on this. Uh, about my uh, my system, which is you eat first and then uh, you move into uh, you know the smoking territory there because I feel like if you eat a bunch right after you, you smoke, you're just basically wasting uh, you know what you just smoked there. Personally, kills the high a yeah, little bit, sure, brings you down a little bit. Now some people will do it just solely so the food tastes a little bit better, yeah. and if that's what you're doing, then you know do it. The thing I'll say about we're kind of talking about eating while you're high. If you're going to be cooking while you're high. Um, number one, uh, the ideas you have in your stoned mind aren't necessarily the most like, what do I want to say? Delicious recipes. You're like, no, dude, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put, take some applesauce. I'm going to put Teddy grams in there. Then I'm going to do, then I'm going to throw in, I'm going to cut up some strawberries, slice those in there. It's going to be good. And, and people just start taking random things in their kitchen and, and, and mixing them together dude. and cooking it. Teddy Grams. I just had that South Park. I remember like Teddy Grams, dude. I haven't, dude. I haven't thought about those in forever. They're there for you still. You can go buy them. Another uh, thing on the list to do while you're stoned, they say, is go camping. It says nothing. Uh, and there's a. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would want to be stoned if I was camping to forget that I'm camping. And that's one of those things that, like. Yeah, I mean, of course you're going to smoke dope while you're camping. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree to that. (laughs) Another one here is home projects. I disagree here. If you're going to be doing your chores, they say here, you know, uh, you know, nobody can get motivated to do your chores. They say smoke a joint and, you know, end up doing your home projects. But you're not. You're going to smoke a joint and then you're going to sit on the couch and then those home projects are never going to get done. I'm really good about being productive when I'm high. I Is really that right? Am. Like, I'm really good about like, all right, now I'm high. Now what do I want to do? Like, that's that's definitely one thing where I can like say, I'll do I'm, I'm probably more likely to do like, oh, dude, I've got to I've got to unload the dishwasher and I've got to do this. And oh. I've got to do this. I'm way more likely to do that. Oh. Oh God, we're very different people because for me, I use it to sit my, my, like I have ADD, like I can't focus and I I don't want to do anything for real long. I get bored quick. I want to move on to something else. 
And like the Xbox is like Wii Central for me. Like I love playing Battlefield, right? And but if I do that, like if I turn on my Xbox and I do it sober, I play for a lot less time than if marijuana is part of it. I do it to keep my ass planted there to do that. I am not one of those. Well, oh, I just smoke, so let me go. You know, clean the house. I'm not one of those. I'll I'll like I'll be I'll look around and I'll be like, oh, dude, that's all dusty. I should go clean that. Really? And then I'll get up and I'll go clean that. Yeah. See, I'd look around and go, dude, I should hire Molly maids to come in and clean that. That, that. That's more me. They say engaging in role play is awesome on the Wii. They say being high is better than being normal, so why be normal while being high? If you They say if you want to feel far out there, get out there and go to a comic convention or any other cosplay role play event. Aliens, monsters, robots, cartoons, all walking around and letting you take pictures with them. You're going to enjoy that while you're all stoned, they said. Well, yeah, you are. I mean, you might freak out a little bit, but especially, dude, if you're putting on a mask, if you're covering your face and you're high and you're going out into the world, you're definitely going to feel very free behind that mask. Yeah, I can see that. The next two here kind of go hand in hand. They're make music and writing, and I would agree. We all know marijuana has helped your record collection greatly. You know what I mean? It's it, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking a little bit differently, looking at the world a little differently. Marijuana definitely helps the creativity. Yeah, but marijuana is also probably like part of the reason why we have so many crappy new turd Tuesdays. So, you know, submitted just people like, dude, no, this is it. This is going to be the song that takes our band to the next level, bruh. And you listen to it. and It's like, all right, well, I, I guess we don't need to go to the next level. We're stuck at this level. Arts and crafts is another thing they say here to do uh-huh. uh, while high. And again, uh, you know, part of creativity, you're going to start looking around and be like, you know, this goes with this and, you know, making of the jewelry and that whole thing. And, and even if you suck at it, even if you're just one of those people who has an adult coloring book, um, you're going to think you're better at it. You're going to be like, oh, dude, oh, no, I'm, pre- I'm pretty good at this. Look at this, bro. I'm enjoying this more than I should be. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's totally going to yeah. happen. They say here that when you smoke a bunch of marijuana, you should go and visit amusement parks. Yeah, none better than Cedar Point. I don't remember. I haven't been to like I haven't ridden a roller coaster. And I can't tell you how long. Oh, I, I mean, but I could see it. Yeah, for my entire adult life. Anytime I'm like, dude, you know what we should do? Go to Cedar Point. And you know what else we should do? Like, dude, I know buddies who would want to get drunk and go to like amusement Whoa. parks, and I don't get that at uh-huh. all. It's like drinking before going to the movie theater. Like, I don't get that at all. Like, you're just gonna get tired and, and sleep. And dude, the idea of being a little drunk on a on a roller coaster just sounds awful to me. Whoa. But you're right. A little blunted before the you know the double loop. I, you might be able to get me in on that. The number one thing to do while you're stoned, they say. Would you like to guess? Take a guess. I'm trying to think. It's in connection with one of the things that's already been listed. Fingers crossed that it's that. that it's watch our Survivor Series later this afternoon. Fingers <laughs> crossed. That tell me what that it is. Sit around your house and watch Survivor Series, man. No. Don't get high. Do it. No, that's not it. Okay, what is they it? They say go for a walk and enjoy the scenic beauty of the outdoors. Ah. Walking in nature. And I would agree. Yeah. Like anytime you're like going in, you're walking into the caves or you're walking in the woods or bike trails or any of that kind of stuff, you get connected with nature that way. You're sitting on a boat, something like that. Yes. Marijuana and nature go hand in hand for me. 
Um, I, uh, I, I I like this list. I feel like everything on there is like, yeah, you probably should do that while you're high. Um, but this really does go go to show. There's a couple different layers of addiction, and this seems like level two addiction to me. Number right. one, the first thing you do is you're like, dude, you know what we should do is smoke weed because that's a fun thing to do. We'll be high, and that'll be fun. The second level is when you get to like, dude, before we go to Cedar Point or before we go to the movies or before we go do something special, weed will make it more fun. And then that third level is like, dude, you know what I got to do before I take the trash out? Dude, I got to smoke this blunt before I take the trash out. Where like y- you get into this, you know. You can't do things unless you're stoned. Right. And like you don't want to be the, dude, well, before I go anywhere and do anything, of course I got to be high. That's when you're getting into problem territory, if you ask me. And we're the experts on that. And we would know something about it. Yeah. We know all about that. God, I got to do a show on Monday? Well, dude, I better smoke a bowl 5 a.m. Better do that. But the nature thing makes all the sense to me in the world. That's the way a lot of times, honestly, when I'm playing golf, that's one of the reasons why I play golf is because you're outside. It's a nice day. You get a little nature, some trees and birds and all that, and a little water that you hope to avoid with the golf ball there. But yeah, like I'm all for that. Like that puts me, like you give me a good weather day, I'm by myself out on the golf course and I can just just you know concentrate and do that it really does help now this is coming from people who smoke marijuana on a regular basis with a lot of this stuff and like well hey go out and take a walk in public in nature if this is the first time you've smoked weed in like two years stay in the house yeah just stay Stay in in your house house. you got a tv everything's gonna be fine don't go out in public you're gonna freak out the walls aren't melting right that's not that's not actually happening Uh, but i mean i know a lot of people we've talked about this before when athletes talk about smoking dope well it's like yeah if you smoke dope Every single day, you're going to be fine doing your day-to-day activities. But if this is like, oh, dude, man, I found my kid's weed and I'm going to smoke it, it maybe not going to be the best idea for you. If you don't want to smoke it, I'll take your kid's weed off your hands if you want. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll pass out some Canton Charge tickets to end the program next on Rock 106.9. Conspiracy Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. On Rock 106.9 online, WRQK.com. Miss anything this morning, you'll be able to podcast it there. Uh, I just got word that Wednesday, 9 o'clock, we'll be joined by a representative from Ohio Championship Wrestling. Because apparently they're doing another event uh, coming up in Akron, and I believe Fantone going to do some what some ring announcing. Is that what's happening? OCW, their Thanksgiving event. Uh, it's going down Saturday night. Ohio Championship Wrestling uh, just got hooked up. They have their own arena now. They have their own uh, you know their own venue now. So they'll be in the Akron area all the time. I believe Sherman Tank. Maybe maybe we'll get our boy No Shame Jimmy Shane to uh, be a part of the That'd program. That'd be awesome. Maybe we'll get him to be a part of the program. But uh, I'll be doing some ring announcing and whatnot there on Saturday night. We'll hook you up with. Some tickets all that talk to one of those guys wednesday morning nine o'clock and then we'll also pass out some tickets for you so you can go check that out oh good i'm glad we're talking pro wrestling now i've been looking for this all morning have you watched the uh, brock lesnar versus goldberg match so the videos online at our website Mm -hmm. wrqk.com in the sansbury show section i'll be honest with you i have not seen this but what i have seen is twitter was all about this this morning Apparently, this is all about the length of the match. Apparently, it wasn't real long. Under two minutes. I I posted it up, and I said, you can finish your morning crap before this match is over. Like, you you can finish this match before your morning crap is over. Like, you can literally sit there on the toilet and finish this match. Now... You haven't seen this. Is was the Survivor Series, right? Yeah, you yeah. haven't seen this yet. This is your plan to watch it t- today. I, I went back and watched this. You watched this, but you haven't seen like the rest of the event. Uh uh-uh. uh 
man, for a guy who loves that stuff as much as you do, like, I can't, I don't know how you do that. Well, I mean, if I do happen to see a spoiler, I just kind of suck it up and deal with it. But but, but Goldberg and, and Lesnar, I was shocked when I watched it this morning. First thing I did when I got up and I saw people like, oh, my God, this match, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I got to watch it. Shocked. A buddy of mine does radio down in Cincinnati. Uh, he's part of a morning show on, on like Cincinnati on our company's like uh, rock station down in Cincinnati. Okay, and he's a huge wrestling dude, and so he always he he was up last night. He was like tweeting about this, and he was like, it was you know surprising ending to a you know to a you know or crappy ending to like you know a good match, and then his other like another like host on the program was like, you're nuts. That was like the best ending ever, and so I knew there was something going on WWE related, and I was like, oh my god, he's gonna be super annoying about this tomorrow. It was a curveball for sure. I thought I had that match figured out. I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen. And I guess hats off to WWE for occasionally throwing that curveball in there. That's how they keep pulling you in. But like... It just doesn't make sense in the story, and like I, that's the thing with like wrestling versus MMA or something like that is that yeah, curveballs happen in MMA. Occasionally, a dude gets knocked out. You thought, dude, that would never happen. This guy's never gonna get knocked out, but it's real. Vince McMahon controls the storyline. If you're gonna crap on the storyline, I, I, I just for the sake of throwing a curveball, I don't know if that's the right move. Okay, see, for me, as a guy who doesn't watch WWE at all. I now know who won because I've been sitting here watching this match right. the entire time we've been having this conversation. Right. Right? Now, if you tell me... All right. If you haven't watched Survivor Series yet, turn off the radio. You're getting a, Spoiler alert. You're getting a spoiler alert. Goldberg wins. Okay? Now, for me, that makes sense, and I kind of feel like this is a, well, duh moment, because why would you pull him back just to have him lose? Uh, because Brock Lesnar's been touted for the past couple of years as this unstoppable, unstoppable phenomenon. And to bring Goldberg back in, I understand, because once upon a time, Goldberg filled that role. But, like, Goldberg's not coming back. He's you not going to wrestle. Saying? So, at this point, you just destroyed the reputation of your unstoppable beast, the beast incarnate. Nobody can stop this dude. For what? So, so next week on Raw, when it's like, hey... Brock Lesnar, and everyone's going to be like, oh, he just got his ass kicked by Goldberg. Where's Goldberg? Oh, Goldberg's not wrestling here anymore. So, like, what's the purpose of of, of bringing down your giant? Now, if he would have beat somebody okay. else, if he would have beaten one of, like, the standard guys, okay, I guess I get it. It's, a, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a nostalgia match, and you give him the, the bump, and you give him the pop. But with, with Brock Lesnar, you got to imagine, too, if you're one of the young up-and-coming guys in WWE, whoever was the guy to beat Brock Lesnar, that's going to be a huge boost in the arm for your career. That's a that's a hey your tickets made you beat Brock Lesnar and you gave it to Goldberg why for me I'll tell you another thing that's a, that's a little strange for me is that to bring Goldberg back and to have him fight Brock Lesnar this is a huge moment for WWE fans I would imagine why was it two and a half minutes long right it was a crush match I mean Brock Lesnar got beat in under three minutes so it's just like it, shouldn't this have been one of those 20 minute they're in the ring out of the ring backstage right. now they're on top of cars right. shouldn't it have been one of those right you would have thought that it was going to be and now maybe it's a build up until Wrestlemania where they can have a bigger match but it's like it just didn't work for me after watching Brock Lesnar destroy Mark Hunt in the octagon and then destroy his way through the WWE he literally was this like by using drugs half man or half beast and that's right. what people are saying. Well, maybe this is Vince McMahon punishing him for failing oh. the drug test because Vince is very well known for doing that. If you screw him over, he will he'll put you up on that stage and make you look like a fool. Bring negative light to the WWE, right. you shall pay. Right. Oh man, dude, I gotta tell you, I don't love the WWE, but much like I constantly praise LeBron James about watching what he does off 
the court on how to be successful. If you pay attention to Vince McMahon, he'll show you how to build a successful brand. He does know what he's doing. Dude, he's doing something right if he got Stansberry to talk about WWE for five minutes at the end of the show. Vince McMahon, hats off to you, buddy. That's only because I want to help you out with your Ohio Championship wrestling you know, people. It's going to be awesome. OCW this Saturday night. We'll talk to those guys Wednesday at 9 o'clock. All right, we have a pair of four... Uh, what? what? Four packs of tickets. Two of them. For both Friday and Saturday night's charge games. You're going to go to both games. Okay, Friday night, dollar dog night. Saturday night, you're getting player autographs after the game and all that. Be caller 10 right now. 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you the charge games. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you.